This is Mike Watt, San Pedro, California. You're listening to live from the garage. Don't let the meat loaf. You can tell by the way that I wear my pants. Saturday night fever. No time to prance. You can't groove and you can't move. You're going to fight with me or I better move. What's up, Queens? Late at night, Friday night, we're somewhere in Queens. You're right here with us in fucking Queens. It's Friday night, we're in fucking Queens. Oh, it's Friday night, and I'm in fucking Queens. It's Friday night, and we're in fucking Queens. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Live in Garage. Uh, I can't do it. I can't do a radio show. Will you please play the old sport song? My goal in life is to like break out of prison and open for Van Halen. There's a fridge full of this monster's grape soda if anybody wants some. When I'm not picking on my gut, I'm listening to that from the club. Midwest, fucking Europe, I don't give a fuck. Get the fuck out. This is my show. I said O-R-I-A-M. That's my name from the other end. Hey, everybody, this is Kellen and Neutron. No, you just suck on it. Fuck the audience. Like, what's your favorite radio station? Live from the garage. Look like at the cycle logs into this shit. <laughs> don't drink Seagram's Escapes. One pound feet. It's gonna ever keep me down. Live from the Barrage. I saw The Grateful Dead twice. You are listening to Live from the Barrage. For some reason, this reminds me of when Slim Goodbody came to my school. You are full of shit. Let me do my show, for Christ's sake. I have a great story. It makes sense to me. <laughs> What's wrong with you, people? John Hulland, fuck you. Yeah. All right. Yes. 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 Your mic on? Yeah. Yes. Shit. Oh, there you go, Pat. Sorry. Yes. Hey, John, you... <laughs> yes. 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 Big show. Big freaking show. Big for us. It's really big. Great. Shoe. Really big. Shoe. Really big. Huge. Huge. How do we get so big? Richard Jenny coming in a little later, I believe. Comedian Richard Jenny. He's back. He's back, he's and he's ready day. to talk about the afterlife. <laughs> we have a. Uh, a doctor who's caring for, uh, I believe she's caring for Bentley, the Ebola quarantine dog. We're not sure if the dog has Ebola. We'll find out. <laughs> and uh, I, I just want to ask her to put the dog on the phone. That's, that's all I want to do. It's your old and, uh, Yeah, that's Dr. Kate McManus, and we'll be talking, speaking with her, her old friend from the neighborhood. She moved down to Texas and forgot about everybody. Forget it. Well, she didn't forget about us. She just kind of <laughs> she thinks willfully about started to ignore us. She I never calls. Time to time. Never writes. That's how you get your doctorate. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah, there's plenty, yes, this is, there's plenty of, uh, your your computer's fuck, sir, on the chat box. I don't know what to tell you. We're, we're streaming perfect. I'm going to stop reading this chat box right now. The uh, And then later in the show, of course, at 9 o'clock, we'll have Trip Trip Lampkin from the Grifters calling in. Which is a treat for me. One of my favorite bands of all time. Easily. Easily. <clears throat> I was thinking about it today on the drive over here. Like, easily in my top five. I always forget, like, when uh, when people ask me about the Grifters to, to mention them. I don't know why. And then I think, fuck, I love the Grifters. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait. If they ask you about the Grifters, you forget to mention the no, Grifters? No, I meant, you know, I, I, that, that sentence in your was top kind of like mixed, yeah. mixed that sentence I just want to make sure there. I clarified for the audience. Yeah. No, I forgot. Like, somebody will walk out. It'll be like, who are your favorite bands? And I name them, and some, then the person will leave. And I'll be lying in bed at like two in the morning and go, "Fuck Grifters!" Why did I say Bachman Turner Overdrive? I always say Bachman Turner Overdrive. Totally man. wasted that slot. Yeah. And Colette rolls over, and says, "Not again, <laughs> <laughs> again with the BTO." Yeah, take care of business. <laughs> and then uh, another guest after that at ten p.m. 
We have fucking Dan Lilkers of SOD and uh, Anthrax and Nuclear, Nuclear Assault. Assault and, and the a list of bands that I can't even fucking begin to imagine mm-hmm. to remember. Oh, own. So, I mean, Dan Lilkers from around the neighborhood, too. Spike from DRI sent me some questions for him, mainly pertaining to the amount of bands he's in at any given time and how the fuck does he do it. <laughs> when, when you were 14 and, and if, if I would have told you that we were doing a radio show and Spike from DRI would be emailing you questions about <laughs> to ask Dan Lilker. I, my head would have fucking exploded. Actually, no, I probably maybe, maybe it wouldn't have, but I definitely would have jerked off or something. <laughs> speaking of classic. Yeah, yeah, speaking of going classic. Lots of questions for Mr. Lilker. Bayside, I think he grew up in Bayside, right? All those guys yeah, did, except for yeah. Charlie like, Benante, who's in, from the Bronx, I think. I think Charlie and Frank are from the Bronx. Mm. Do we know what high school he went to? Do we want to take bets on this? Ooh, oh, I, I, I have my suspicions that he went to Bayside High. I, I'm going to ask him. I'll take Cordoza just to take the, the other action. I was thinking of that. <laughs> That's my dark horse. But you see, he's like on the border of Flushing Bayside, like we are, like on this side of Northern Boulevard. So, right. Yeah. Well, it's funny. He he asked where the show was. I'm gonna go with Francis Lewis. And I told him. I said, I said, well, we're on such and such a street. And he goes, Oh, I can picture it like right now. He goes, That's right between Utopia and something else. I was like, Yep, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you got it, Chief. What do you think, Pat? You want to go with the Catholic school on this one? Um. Ooh, interesting. I didn't think of that angle. Yeah, no, that's the first thing that came to mind. What's his last name again? <laughs> L- Lilker, L-I-L-K-E-R. Yeah, I don't know. It's borderline. Yeah, borderline. What, borderline what? Well, the, the other guy's, uh, Scott Ian's a Jewish man. Well, his real name is Scott Ian Rosenfeld. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm going with Bayside. All right. Bayside? Yeah. Two Baysides, one Francis Lewis. I'm taking Cardoza. One Cardoza. Benjamin H. Cardoza's high school. Uh all matter of, uh, what's his name? Didn't Ron Jeremy teach there or go to school there or something? He was a teacher. He was Cardoza. a math teacher there or something. Right? God, that must have been. <laughs> Imagine like, you know, when you're when he finally left, quit his job as a teacher, and all of a sudden you get that VHS like, holy shit, it's our teacher, Mr. Jeremy. <laughs> Mr. Jeremy. Did he quit or get fired? Oh, I, you know, I don't really know. We'll, no, have to, we'll have to have him on someday and ask him. Because if he got fired, it would be, you know, like, pornography wasn't as ubiquitous as it is today. Oh, so, yeah. Like, did somebody like go to a theater in Times Square and see him, and then come back yeah. to fire yeah, him? Yeah, I'd like to. I'd actually, I'd like to try to get him and find out all of these questions that we are just asking to ourselves. We can, we, we can get him. He was came by my house last week. The problem is, you don't want to be the guy to rat him out because then you have to admit that you were in the movie theater. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. How do you know? How do you know? Mm. <laughs> and he's I another local guy. Sources. He said he, I met him not too long ago, and he told me his father lives on Prince Street still here in Flushing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Way to take wow. care of your dad with all that Ron yeah. Jeremy money. A lot of good things going on over there. <laughs> But maybe the place is all bought, you know, paid for outright. And Prince Street. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. Di- I didn't want to dig too deep. <laughs> what kind of house is? It? Oh, it's not a house. He just lives on this on Prince Street. Just, on, yeah, he's just got on the he's, corner. He's right near that. You know that that garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> he was a real dick. He was a bastard. I hate my dad. I'm a porno star. <laughs> what kind of life is that? He was standing behind me at the Chavez show once. I think we talked about that. Mm. It was weird. He just like shows up everywhere. It was Ron Jeremy I wouldn't want him standing Chavez. behind me anywhere. Yeah, I know. I moved. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be okay with you know, him being inside of me yeah, or I didn't front see of him. Me. I felt it. Yeah, exactly. What is that? Oh, What's hey, Ron Jeremy. He was tapping me on the shoulder at that thing. And he had his hands in his pockets. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> it's like an episode of Scooby-Doo with his tail. He always looks like he's recently been greased up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. He looks like he just like j- jogged around the block every time you mm-hmm. see him. He's all sweaty. Didn't he almost Coast. die a couple of years ago? 
Uh, I don't know, did he? Uh, I remember he got really sick for a while there. And they said <laughs> I, thought that, he, I thought he choked in his own dork. <laughs> get, <laughs> get well, Ron Party Jeremy. tricks by Ron Jeremy. Everybody check this out. This is a serious show. We're going to be talking to a doctor. I don't want her to listen and hang up. Famous last Let's words. talk about something serious until we get her on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do we talk about? I don't know. Tommy Rockstar's could be coming in later, he says. Mario. Oh, my friend Brian uh, Musikoff wants to stop by and just like watch us do the show. He said he was going to be in the neighborhood. I hope you guys don't mind. I'm fine with that. Yeah, you know he, the guy. Where's he from? He's in a band called Stuyvesant. He's from Jersey. He's from Hoboken's, I believe. He know, he's friends with a bunch of people we know. Nice guy. He's going to come by and he's like, uh, you know, like those contests where people win and they go to the radio show and get to sit in and just watch. Go That's to the radio station, get bumper stickers and T-shirts. Yeah. I was like, listen, we got a full plate, dude. If you want to come by. That's cool, but I mean, you know, this is this show is like jam packed full of full of guests. This is the most packed show we've ever done. Yeah, packed. It's, it's packed in there. Packed right in. <laughs> Bookings got away from us this week. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. If you you know you have to bend to people's uh, schedules, and here we are. That's fine. I'm ready to do it. I'm excited. It's are you nice. excited, Ryan? Yeah, it's nice and quiet right now. Though I'm just trying to enjoy this. You're trying to enjoy the yeah. silence, yeah. like uh, your favorite Depeche Mode song. Mm. The Silent place, morning. The place well on the radio. <laughs> Was it Dan Wilkers? <laughs> <laughs> Fistful of metal. <laughs> it's Woody. Uh, of course, Woody wanted to come in for Dan Wilkers, but... Uh, metal Rendezvous? I think it's his wedding anniversary, so he won't be... Uh, won't be joining us, but he did send me a lot of questions. Send us a lot of questions. So. I was going to say he's probably. Oh my like, god, be like a police interrogation. He was like, he's like, he goes, I'll send you some questions. Four minutes later, I get three pages. Oh god, <laughs> three pages in in Facebook. You know, it's funny though. A lot of them were sort of. I was going to ask the same same line of questioning, but some of his are pretty fucking intuitive. So I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. definitely. I can't wait to get to them. <laughs> Question one A. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like multiple choice shit and stuff like that. <laughs> You dropped a deuce to tear it loose? <laughs> <laughs> I can't find what the... Oh, there it is. That dude is like 10,000% metal. That's uh, Woody on Dan Lilikers. 10,000% <laughs> metal. Exciting to talk to all these people. Exciting times. It is. It's pretty wild. I was literally, like, frightened last week to speak to Watt. Yeah, I was all over the place. Apparently, I was nervous. Yeah. When I found out about it, I, I, I was in shock for like an hour. It was like, really? I mean, you know, after the interview, I, th I broke the mixing board, fucked everything up, unplugged the show. It was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cavalcade of errors, Mike. Ah. Cavalcade of errors. The King Charles cavalcade of motherfucker. <laughs> well, you must have been pretty happy to know that you didn't have to do any talking at all once he called in. Yeah. That guy just kept going. He kept going. It was you know, good, yeah. It, it, yeah. Was, it was tough to, uh, in the beginning it was a little rough, but then we warmed up and uh, everything was great. Thank you, Mike Watt, for calling in. That was a lot of fun for yeah. me. Mike talking a lot. Good guy. It, it was an honor. Excellent guy. He blogged about it in his journal. Oh, his, yeah? Yeah, his, his journal. <laughs> he said he popped right before uh, the interview, which means wake w wake up and Watt speak in Pedro language. <laughs> And he's like, I don't know how. I just popped right before the interview. I don't know how I knew. And then I conked right away after. 
Pop and conk. Pop means wake up. Conk means conking out. Well, Love I knew it. what conking out was, but yeah, I, yeah. when you sent me that blog entry, I'm like, what the fuck does pop mean? I thought like he was like, you know, I got a chubby. I was ready to go. I was ready to go. <laughs> pop is a little weird. A handful of pills. You know, or I get uncomfortable. I was watching American Pickers last night, Ryan. You've probably seen every episode of this disaster. Not really, no. But I, I and they say pop on like when they want to buy. So oh, you got a pop on that? I'm like, ugh, that's kind of gross, dude. I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> It's like 80s porn speak. It had a different meaning before the porno community yeah, took it over. Yeah, just, I don't know. I'm, like, I'm uncomfortable with it, American Pickers. Stop. Gross. Just two fucking chooches riding around. It's ripping old ladies off. Those Get are the two here. dorks with the van. Yeah. yeah. The fat guy and the yeah, skinny guy that got like a... Stan Stan <laughs> They're the Laurel and Hardy of antiques. <laughs> Costello, Lou Costello. And, uh, right. Every time they it. walk into a house, they just go, I was like a kid in a candy store. Mm. Yeah. Every house this place was amazing. Although, when they do go to these shacks out in the middle of nowhere and the guy doesn't want to sell, I'm like, what are you holding on to this shit for, buddy? Somebody's here with cash fucking greens, man. Is that something you, you think yeah. about selling? Nope. Nope. <laughs> How about, how about this tin can? I'll give you $5. Nope. Nope. All right, we're going to leave now. Goodbye. I, some of the stuff they pick up, too, I just don't understand. They they pick up a rusty uh, bicycle pedal a or rusty something trombone. like that. <laughs> and that I'd like to see them buy. <laughs> I finally got a, well, they finally got ripped off by an old guy. It was great because he sees a rusty old bike in like a bush, and it's been out there for years, and he's like, if I can get that bike out, you know, I'll give you 50 bucks for it. And the guy goes, I'll get it out for you, and you'll give me 60. So he, get, <laughs> he gets the backhoe, and he moves all the shit out of the way, and they take the bike out. It's it's disintegrated to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the old man's sitting there, he's like, yeah. <laughs> Got his first row. Yeah. That's good for him, He's like 80. He's like, I guess I took him good on that one. <laughs> Some guys, they just show up, and they hand them the, the paper like of what they buy and stuff, and the guy's like, get out of here. You're disturbing me. You're yeah, bothering me. Crumple up the paper and throw it back at him. Yeah. <laughs> like that. I'm an aggressive hoarder, man. Yeah, we're just going to freestyle, man. Freestyle what? around Ohio yeah, today. Nobody gets in my pile. What about that, Danielle? You, uh, I you met her. for her. I met her at a show out in like Iowa or Idaho or some crap like that, and okay. she was a, she was a knockout. She was very good looking, yeah. but those fucking tattoos are just the kiss When did you go to uh, Idaho? I was on the road with the band. Oh, oh, oh. And I guess she came to the show. Well, I don't guess she's she a, came to the show. She, oh, she I, came I, to see DRI? Yeah, but you know, I guess in those like small fucking podunk towns, you hear there's a show and you just go. You know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. Like, there's nothing to do tonight. I what do you want to do? You want to go to the Holiday Inn bar or that punk rock thing? I'll go to the punk rock thing. I'm not saying anything. I will say that she seems like a very nice lady. No, she is. And, and I'm not against tattoos on women. I just think she overdid it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit much. That's all. And, and But I'm saying, as having met her face to face, she was really pretty. There you go. There you have it from the horse's mouth. Yep. I'm the horse. The hairdo's mouth. Where's our caller? Yeah, you what and, the you hell? You and Ron Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do what he can do. Make sure my phones are working here. And I, by that, I mean teach math. <laughs> That'd be great if there were just these all these porno tapes of Ron Jeremy just giving math lectures and figuring out problems. and. <laughs> I, I wonder if he does like the Pythagorean theorem to keep himself going. Hello, Cole. You're on the air. Hey, it's Dr. Kate. Hi, Dr. Kate. How are you? It's John Houlihan. Good. It's hey, how's it going? Good. I haven't spoken to you in like 20 years. <laughs> uh, yeah, it may actually be that long. That's scary. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I pulled that number out of the thin air. So. <laughs> how are you? 
I'm excellent. How are you? I'm I'm well, thank you, and thank you for calling in. We appreciate it. This is a uh, yeah, no problem. Very topical news, and today uh, the owner of Bentley the dog was uh, declared free of the uh, virus. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, she is no longer shedding the virus. This is good news. And uh, you are you in possession of the dog? You're taking care of the dog at the hospital, or? Um, so he's under the possession, I guess, of the city of Dallas. And, uh, no, he's not at our shelter. He's in an off-site location. Um, it's an old naval installation, and uh, he's in one of the houses there that's no longer being used. Okay. And how's the dog doing? Oh, he's doing great. Uh, yeah, he's an amazing little dog, and he's tolerating everything really well. He's very used to his routine and uh, enjoys his time with the people in spacesuits when they come in to visit him and uh but yeah he's he's doing really well and considering the the circumstances i'm familiar with that breed of dog and that that dog is like a lap dog they really crave human attention and and physical contact and stuff like that so this dog must be freaking the hell out um and that was everyone's concern and and he's really not uh that's good i'm happy to hear that yeah, he's pretty relaxed. He does really well in his crate, and then he certainly enjoys his time, you know, with the with the doctor when they go in with him, and they'll play a little fetch, and he likes his toys. But, um, yeah, there was a lot of concern that he would have separation anxiety or be really, um, you know, anxious or nervous. And, you know, he's really, you know, he's taking it like a champ. So, you know, occasionally I'll look in the window and stuff, you know, when they're not in there, and he's just, yeah, you know, chilling in his crate, and he's he's doing well. When uh, so uh, is there a test they could do a blood test on this dog or no they just have to like wait and see if it has symptoms or so we're monitoring him for 21 days but they did collect samples the other day um, and those were sent off and he was negative for the virus so um, another set of samples will be taken before he's released um, and we're very hopeful that he will stay negative do you have to dress up in one of these spacesuits when you go in and uh, hang out with the dog I have actually not been in with him. Um, uh, the city will not will not allow me to go in. So um, actually, right. the the two veterinarians are from Texas A and M, the veterinary school, and um, so they've been taking care of him. I'm just kind of I'm kind of his agent at the moment, and uh, the liaison <laughs> between the different agencies, and then um, I get to see him through the window. Hey, Kate, it's Ryan. What's up? Uh, hey, how are you doing? Good, good. Uh, how did you get involved in all this? Uh, did you essentially did they call you in to uh, take care of this situation, or did you essentially take charge and say I'm I'm going to work this out? Uh, what was your how did your role get uh, introduced here? Sure. So um, you know, once we knew about uh, Nina testing positive, the you know the emergency operations center was was in place well before the results were back. And once they found out that she did have a pet, they engaged us. I work for uh, Dallas Animal Services, so we're the city animal control, quote-unquote. Um, so my boss and I were, were brought into the into the process, into the emergency operations center, and um, kind of tasked with the plan of figuring out a place for him to go and, and making it happen. It's very, uh, very nice of you to do. What, what about her uh, goldfish, the goldfish in quarantine? Oh, I, I didn't hear she had a goldfish. Oh, so, oh, well, uh, you better check your facts. <laughs> if there was a goldfish, he, he may no longer be with us. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares about the goldfish. Bullshit. They're the, they're the big lighter of pets. <laughs> did, did the uh, owner come by? Um, no, she can't leave. She's still in the hospital. I thought she was, I thought she was released. No, they're not going to release her yet. Oh, oh I was going to yeah. say, because I know if I was me and it was my pet, I'd be knocking at no. the door like, hey, let they, me in. They just dragged her out there to the podium so she could calm everyone down and then put her back in bed. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kate, uh, 
so last week now, all of a sudden you find yourself at the epicenter of this uh, quote-unquote uh, uh, pandemic in, in Texas as everybody starts freaking out. Um, what, what would you... You know, what would you say is uh, the crisis level here? Um, I, I, I guess that you we're being told that it's not uh, commutable unless uh, it's with bodily fluids. But, uh, of course, it's uh, something concerning for everybody in the, in the country. And we here in New York just found out today that, uh, mm-hmm. that somebody's in the hospital. But uh, what do you think this is? What would you be your guess as to what this is going to turn into? Um, I mean, I think certainly we'll continue to see some positives pop up. Um, People probably coming from high-risk areas or or like, you know, the doctor that up in New York, um, you know, went over to care for people and put himself, you know, at risk doing that. And then so he was in a high-risk situation and then comes back and and gets symptomatic. So I think we'll continue to see that just because, you know, people care and continue to care and will want to go over and try to help. And, you know, there's there's always accidents or, that are, yeah. or breaches that are going to happen. Right. Um, you know, this so, guy I mean, came people... back and, and rode the subway to every freaking landmark in the city <laughs> and decided to go on a tour. Including Williamsburg's. <laughs> you know, well, you, Tommy actually is from Williamsburg, and he's here, and uh, Tommy just walked in full hazmat gear. Know, you know he's covered. from head to toe. He's covered, and none of us will be coming anywhere near you. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I think certainly the healthcare workers that are, are handling these people in the hospitals are, are at the highest risk um, as far as the general population. I mean, their risk is minimal to none um, unless you're really put in a situation where you would have to handle someone's bodily fluids, but, you know, it's not transmitted aerosolly, so it's really the fluids that we worry about. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it'll continue. Yeah, we're going to have a few here and there, um, and hopefully people that, know they're at risk or are going to do a better job self-monitoring and, and quarantining themselves. And certainly if they have pets, I would like to see them put their pets in a different situation so we, we don't run into another Bentley situation. Um, but it, it's going to continue to pop up. I, I don't think it's going to be a widespread, you know, epidemic here in, in the United States, but I, I don't think it's going to go away per se. Like, I think we're still going to have people that will test positive. Now, you, you're rescuing dogs is like your business, right? That's your whole your whole deal. Well, yeah. So I work for for Dallas Animal Services. So yes. <laughs> How many dogs are living in your house right now? Um. Okay, the legal no. Uh, Do you so, have to count? Uh, Do you have enough <laughs> fingers to care to admit? Um, right now, there's there's currently seven dogs in my house. Seven dogs. Oh, and, holy shit. <laughs> and uh, sneezy, dopey. <laughs> Is it only dogs that you deal with? Do you uh, rescue cats? And what's the craziest animal you've ever had to rescue? Um, Talk with a bull is pretty freaking crazy. I don't know. There haven't been too many, I mean, certainly horses and stuff. But as far as no really crazy wildlife or exotic animals and stuff, we did have to deal with um, the poochin monkeys that may or may not have had TB. When I was in Virginia, so that was kind of exciting. Monkeys with tuberculosis. This country's falling apart, I'm telling you. <laughs> My God. <laughs> I just can't believe a dog can even contract Ebola. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys asked that before. I just It's mind-boggling to think about that they, they're not immune to it. You know. Well, I, well, and we know, I mean, based on the studies that are out there, that they, they tend to convert, which means if they get exposed, they can mount an immune response to it and create antibodies. The, the big question that we have is, do they shed the virus? Hmm. So is... is are dogs a risk to to people or or, or other pets? Um, so if they just zero convert and kind of a dead end host and don't shed it, then then there's no risk. When you say um, when, you, can, 
I'm sorry. When you say shed the virus, do you mean like shed like shed the fur, or you mean like <laughs> sh- like shed like get rid of it? So like virus. So there's virus particles, or well, the virus it would be in. Um, that's when we say about bodily fluids. So that's going to be in the vomit. That's going to be in you know the diarrhea that people are having when they have their gastrointestinal signs related to Ebola. So all of those fluids are heavily contaminated with the virus. Um, so that's one of the big things why we tested Bentley's stool or feces was to see if, if the virus was in, in his feces. And what about something like a cat? you think a cat could, could contract that? Um, and I don't think anyone's looked at cats um, at all. Um, yeah, so <laughs> certainly if we found a, you know, a person that had tested positive, had a cat in their home, I would imagine we would do the same 21-day quarantine. Um, but there really isn't data out there that I know of at this point to say, you know, whether they seroconvert or whether they could be a source. I mean, we know primate, you know, the bush meat and primates and bats are, are yeah. a reservoir for the virus. So sure. those are our main species to be concerned about. Right. This is, it's a little scary now. Like uh, if, uh, you know, other mammals can contract it, you figure a rat's pretty close to the human uh, DNA, right? Oh, man, don't even get me thinking about that <laughs> in New York City. <laughs> I'm just trying uh, to freak everybody out. Uh, yeah, everyone uh, flip out and uh, go nuts. Yeah, close the that's borders, right. dismantle uh, Doctors <laughs> Without Borders. Yeah, uh, That's my soapbox. We crash all the planes into the ground and uh, throw everyone a giant funeral pyre. <laughs> We're all going to get laid. <laughs> you yeah, know, you don't there's, agree? there's a lot of panic here in Texas. So I think that, you know, it's certainly very Texas, serious. Texas, no. Um, but but it's, I think some of it's unwarranted. And, sure. Um, you know, everything they're doing is an abundance of, out of overabundance or abundance of caution. But it, I think that confuses people um, because the message is, you know, you can't get it unless X, Y, or Z. But then they're doing these things that that aren't consistent with that message out of an abundance of caution. But so I think that's where people kind of get confused. You know, if you say, I'm, I'm not really at risk, then why are you guys doing this? And and I think that's where the, the confusion comes in. But I'll tell you, my, my staff, uh, my team, didn't want to, you know, I haven't even touched the dog, but just the fact that we were setting up the situation for him, they, they kind of kept away from me for a while. So Right. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> laughing because we have a chat box here, and people are asking, uh, have you ever had a giraffe with a sore throat, a centipede with sore feet, these sort of, sort of things? <laughs> sorry. That's funny. Centipede with sore feet. That's like a, a children's joke. I apologize. <laughs> children's joke book humor. I'm just, Bazooka just, Joe checking in from the chat box. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Uh, what was my other question? Now I lost my train of thought. I'm so stupid. So how we're all I- really dumb here. We're happy to have a smart person on. Duh. We're uh, you know. So uh, uh, my wife uh, Erica, who says hello by the way, and you know her pretty well. Huh? Uh, yeah. She uh, she was uh, mentioning the other day that you were on uh, Greta Van Susteren. Is that? Uh, yes. Yes. How did that go? Uh, yeah. That was, that were they trying? Exciting. Were they trying um, to incite that... panic from you, and, or? And how would you compare that to this? <laughs> <laughs> A big step up. <laughs> uh, were they trying to what from me? I'm sorry. Incite panic uh, for the for the mass public, or uh, oh. what kind of questions were they asking? Yeah. No. I mean, they're everyone's just wondering how Bentley's doing, and you know, and the care he's receiving and stuff like that. So, no, I don't think they were going for the panic angle. It's more, you know, he's just kind of. A lot of people are focusing their attention on him, and you know, it's easy to. He's he's cute, and um, he's he's. I, I he has star potential. I certainly uh, wouldn't mind actually being his agent when this is all over because right, I right. Uh-huh. I do picture him on uh, talk shows and maybe in a movie. But um, and you get ten percent. So, 
Oh, sorry, go ahead. And you get 10%. <laughs> yeah, that'd be sweet. So, um, but, but yeah, no, it wasn't really the panic so much as, you know, just how he's doing. So everyone, you know, is, is, is very intrigued about the care of Bentley. And, um, you know, we certainly post, I mean, today, gosh, I think he took most of our Facebook posts on our Dallas Animal Services and Adoption Center page. Um, but people are, are tracking that very heavily. You know, they like their, their daily Bentley updates to, to make sure that he's doing okay and, and that he's being treated properly, which, of course, I mean, we wouldn't treat him any other way. So, Right, right. So when is he going to be reunited with, uh, with uh, Nurse Nina? So we're going to make sure he continues his 21-day quarantine, so there'll be other samples that are drawn towards the end of that, and then those samples will have to come back and ideally be negative, um, and then he can be released from his quarantine and they can be reunited. So I'm sure I'm sure it will be a media fest um, right. when, that, when that does happen. But you, we want to uh, make sure we, we follow the protocol and, and that he is negative so we can feel comfortable saying that he's not a risk. Are you excited about this attention, or is it, uh, or does it bother you? Oh, no, I mean, it's it's great. It's amazing. It just goes to show, you know, the power of the human-animal bond and, you know, how 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 obsessed we are to a certain extent in the U.S. with, with dogs. Um, and I think it's great, you know, and certainly it hasn't hurt Dallas Animal Services and bringing some attention to us and the work that we do, you know, to save save lives. Um, so that, that's been great, and people have just been very generous with their outpouring of, of support financially, um, toys, you know, anything we've asked for, people have sent to, to make sure that, you know, he's comfortable. And, and they know, you know, extras will go to the animals in the shelter, so, so it's really been a benefit for, for our, our pet guests as well at, at the shelter. Does, does Bentley get treats at least, like, you know, like a handful of, like, snossages <laughs> like or something? This, this dog's rich now. Um, we we really don't give him too many food treats because we don't want him to have diarrhea. Oh, from good, good point. Kind of, good point. You know, point. so because that could be a sign. So we're trying very hard to keep his diet very stable because um, we don't want to question was that from a treat that he ate or did he truly have you know diarrhea for some reason and then start the the panic cascade. Right. Of course. Are you nervous living in the Dallas area at all? I mean, just you know, personally nervous. Not about just being around Bentley. Oh, with a bull? No, no, not at all. I, um, I, somebody so, from the medical I mean, field wouldn't be nervous. They're smart people. A <laughs> uh, doctor wasn't. I mean, nervous. I was. I was. Running I volunteered to go in with him and take care of him. So, yeah. so no. I mean, I think the risk from him is is minimal to to none. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I could be wrong. They and did. then certainly, you know, if I were to in the hospitals taking care of people, uh, my thoughts would be very different. But but no, just as a as a citizen walking around no i don't think there's any reason to be worried they destroyed the uh one one dog that's got to make you angry right i hate when that they was say in it spain like that. right i don't know right so excalibur um yeah i think it's unfortunate you know and i think it's set a, a a poor precedent you know i i understand their fear and concern and and the lack of knowledge about the situation um so i i get it but but i also think it set a very poor precedent since we really don't know um and I think if, if dogs were such a big risk factor, then the situation would even be different in the countries that it's in because dogs are everywhere in those countries. So yeah. um, I think transmission would, would look somewhat differently. So so I, I think it's sad that, you know, he, he wasn't given a chance. But, you know, and they can't guarantee, you know, could you say, you know, that he, he's not a risk, he'll ever be a risk, you know, and no one, we don't really have the data to say that. 
Um, we're going based off, you know, the human data to come with this 21-day protocol and testing them and stuff, but but we really don't know. Um, so I, I see both sides, but I, I do think it was unfortunate. Right. And uh, when this is all over, will Bentley be able to go bowling at the gutter in Williamsburg without any problems? <laughs> that was my question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay. I think he'll be fine to uh, to go bowling and stuff. And um, Doctor, so, yeah. They're going to change the name of that place to e-bowling. Yeah. yeah. I, I am kind of surprised <laughs> he did that, knowing he uh, was in a risky environment. But... Um, Holy shit, that scared the crap out of me. You know, there aren't, you'd be surprised, there aren't any really good bowling sound effects on YouTube that I was able to steal. (laughs) Well, uh, thank you very much, Kate. Is there anything you'd like to say to uh, everybody before uh, we let you go? And we appreciate you calling. Yeah, no problem. No, we're, I mean, we're excited. I'm I'm happy to see how many people are interested in Bentley, and and we're so happy that Nina and Amber are, are doing well and will be released soon. And, Certainly, I always encourage people to adopt their pet from a shelter um, and save a life. Um, so that's, you know, my main my main job. So always got to push that and uh, save as many lives as possible. And we actually did speak with New York City Animal Care and Control last night because they were just getting ready just in case that this doctor had a pet. Um, but it doesn't sound like he does. So so they were they were getting themselves in gear in case they had to do the same thing. Where can people go for their Bentley updates? Um, so yeah, definitely our Facebook page um, is probably the best place. So it's Dallas Animal Services and Adoption Center, Damn. and we also are on Twitter. I don't know what our Twitter name is. I don't really Twitter, as you can tell okay. by how I'm talking about it. Yeah. Um, and then also uh, the city of Dallas, they have a Facebook page as well, but they generally just kind of pull pull share our data. So so certainly our page is is the number one source to go to for for your. Daily Dose of Bentley. There you go. Go to, uh, what is the name of it? Go to the Facebook Dallas. page. Dallas Animal Services. Services and Adoption Center. And Adoption Center. You could visit them on Facebook, and uh, you could find out what's going on with Bentley. I'm sure he, he will be fine. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm pretty positive, you know, about, I think I feel really positive about the situation, and um, I, I I think he's going to stay negative, and I'm looking forward to, to their reunion. How so, old, how old of a dog is he? He's like one to two years old. Oh. He's got a whole his whole life ahead of him. He's spry. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, he has he has many movie movie opportunities in the future. <laughs> well, we, we wish him luck. So. Yeah. Good luck, Bentley. Thank you very much, <laughs> Doctor Kate, for calling in. Uh, next time you're on a talk show, please sneak in like uh, the word chooch or stew nods for us. And wink. Okay. At the, and wink I'll, I'll do my best. And wink at the camera after you do it. <laughs> Can we get the dog to do a station ID? <laughs> thank you. Thank you very I, much, Kate. I will try. Thank you, Kate. Yeah, no problem. Have a good Thanks. night, guys. All right, Bye. you too. Good right, talking to you, Kate. Doctor Kate, and uh, that's uh, she's in Dallas with Bentley the dog. There, amazing. Mm-hmm. Incredible. And, she, and she's an old neighborhood friend of ours she too. Is. And that's yeah. that. She was. Uh, she was actually at my wedding. Was she? Yeah. So were we. You were. <laughs> was I? I put Mike. Mike put, I put Mike in a tux at that wedding. Yeah, I was in the wedding party, man. I was yeah. up on the altar. Nothing <laughs> fell. I just did all right. But that was like the craziest call I think I've ever. Heard how did it? How did I get froze out of the wedding party? What kind of crap is that? Uh, you and I became a lot tighter after uh, after that. I'll tighten you. Yeah. I'll, I'll tighten you. you good. If I had to make some adjustments, uh, I probably wouldn't have any. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad. I have so many dog sound effects, but I don't want to like you know embarrass. Well, now Kate, you can play. It's serious, and I don't want to like you know disrespect her profession. Disres- exactly. Thank you, Pat. That's what I was going for. She went to school for a long time. 
There's Bentley Bowling. School for a long time. I mean, I don't want to, you know, shit no. on a profession. No, know. neither yeah. do I. She went to school. For, I thought you were going to say she went to school a long time to get a bowler. No. <laughs> no, you know, to get in any medical profession, you usually got to go to an ass load of school. Oh, God. Can you imagine, like, the <laughs> student loans? No, I can't. I can't at all. You okay, Bentley? Oh, Bentley. <laughs> so it'll be all right. Yeah, that bowling noise the first time scared the freaking hell out of me, <laughs> man. Oh, man, I saw you pop up. I, you know what? I thought somebody started kicking, like, the aluminum door. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm getting raided. It's that fucking asshole who came back and decided to go bowling in the movies and get on the subway train and do everything else. <laughs> Take Dick. an Uber car. <laughs> Jerk. Mike thought, we, Mike thought we actually had Ebola here as a guest. The CDC was beating the door down. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's a little nerve-wracking. I'm performing at Brooklyn Bowl next week, and uh, I thought I'd be getting a bowl in the backstage dressing room. You know? What do you mean you're performing? You you, I, want, you want to uh, you want to promote it? Or go ahead. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm, I play the part of a fake stage roadie in the. In that the, band's still oh, around get out of here. In, in the no, no, in the band Mr. Brownstone. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I thought they I fucking knew, quit nah, or retired. They did, or... We did. They did. We did. And we play once a year, and uh, it's always on Halloween. So we're headlining Brooklyn Bowl at midnight. If anyone's around, no. come get a bowl. We're doing a show next week, right? Yeah, we have a show next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My first thought was, why couldn't he go to Brooklyn Bowl? Why did he have to go to the gutter? Yeah. <laughs> like, but well, not, not, not as a, as a diss on Tommy. It's just like, I much prefer the gutter. <laughs> it was a little unclear at first, actually. Well, I, thought he, I thought they said he went to both places. I think he did. I think he checked them yeah. both out. What? Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. Down. some kind of bowling weirdo? <laughs> That's what I said. Like, what, what an affinity for bowling he's got. I can't wait to get home from this Doctor's Borders gig. I miss fucking bowling. <laughs> first thing he does. He actually went to the High Line, too, and then the restaurant in New York. And so he had like four places before taking an Uber. Yeah. Dick. Dick. What is an Uber, anyway? So... Fucking Stunod's caps. Then attacked, he took a shit on a city bike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he rubbed his nuts on on Mayor Bloomberg. He removed Wait, the he's seat. still the mayor, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uber's a uh, kind of a, a disruptive new taxi service where... I sneezed on oh, the Empire the, State uh, Building. With the, <laughs> the app, and they, you <laughs> see all the they buttons. come yeah. get you. <laughs> I went into every elevator and sneezed on the buttons. Sneezed on the buttons. <laughs> <laughs> If you're visiting New York, don't take this. Don't take the elevator. <laughs> Walk up to the top. Take the get, steps. Get, get I, some. Get some exercise, you fat bastard. <laughs> I actually saw a great post on Gawker that um, they started posting uh, people's text messages from their mothers. You know, like warning them today, like look out for Ebola. And all oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty funny. It's Ooh, everywhere. Your microphone makes a weird buzzing. Listen to this. That's Tommy's mic. Mm. He's not grounded. Mm. You're not grounded. We're excited to have Brian Musikoff here. Hello, Brian. Hey. Would you like to say hello? Oh, of course. Come on over. Say hello. Pipe in. Go over. Uh, yeah, there's a microphone over next to, in between Pat and uh, Hairdo there. Brian Musikoff, of course, of the uh, great band Stuyvesant. And uh, he's from New Jersey. <laughs> born and bred in Queens. Hey, put those headphones on. You can hear us. There you go, Brian. Brian's a good guy. Everyone in the chat box loves Brian. He's stopping by to say hello. He was in the neighborhood. Hi, everybody. Hello. How are you? Good. I'm pleased to be here. Thank you for having me. Anytime, sir. Thanks, man. Thanks for thanks for coming in today. You're excited to hear us interview a trip from the Grifters and Dan Wilker of SOD. Oh, my goodness. You know, I'm a fan of of both for for different reasons. But yeah, uh, yeah, totally. Uh, Kazugas, dyslexia, all these people saying uh, hi, Brian, in the chat box. They're all <laughs> hi, everybody. To see you. Some, some of which I know, some of which are new friends. All welcome. Dan, Subtastic Dan Dara on the chat box saying he was just buying boots up the street from me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to the Red Wing? Well, uh, dig it. Uh, oh. uh, uh, those listening, you cannot see, but I'm wearing the most exquisite footwear. 
It possibly. Oh, wow. It, 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 wasn't it, nice. You, know. you were two blocks from my house. I was. Mm-hmm. I didn't you tell you that. Nice. <laughs> Sneaky. Well, I knew you'd be here. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah. uh, Brad, uh, Br. Bradley Weisenberger on the chat box wants to wants me to ask you about the guy about voices show at the Stone Pony. Okay, there was a melt. Uh, Bradley, what would you like to know? Oh, Br. And we for talked about you, this today on Facebook. For BR. those of you who don't know, uh, the Stone Pony is a club in Connecticut owned by Bruce Springsteen. No, no, get the step. In. No, it ain't. <laughs> All right, sorry. Right? Tis not Queens boy. Uh, <laughs> Johnny and the Southside Jukes. Thank you. <laughs> Racist. Pollard had a little, uh, yeah, a little, little meltdown, but it was. Oh it yeah, was, it was okay. What happened? They stopped touring, right? So uh, they all. They, I believe, they called it quits. We've heard this before, right? Was it after that show? No, I don't think so. Uh. But uh, I have to say, for those who have seen the video, which you could find on YouTube somewhere, basically what what happened was after a two-hour brilliant set. If you're gonna buy Voices fan, it was it was the yep. best. Uh, yeah, he just let it go. He had a full bottle of Cuervo, and uh, that was downed. And he just went off, and uh, it was live on, I think it was like a Yahoo. I, I don't remember. Oh, what they the, streamed it live? Yeah. Uh-huh. And he didn't like the fact that he was under the pressure, and he had to watch himself because he knew he was he was streaming live. And that was he was lashing out against that after he sank a bottle of Cuervo. And uh, you could see this all live. It, I thought it was hilarious, but he was... <laughs> Yeah, he he was bombed. I don't think I don't think I've ever heard a guided by voices song. I'm gonna get, just, get oh, to this. Well, you should. <laughs> well, just p- pick up a guitar and uh, drink a case of beer and a bottle of right. tequila and, and start playing. Right, just, but, just uh, see what happens. Just watch Artie's baseball movie, Beer League. <laughs> yeah, hey guys, if I could respond to Br. <laughs> yes, please. Go um, ahead. I could tell you that this uh, the way he the way I'm sorry That's the right. way um, the way Pollard behaved was definitely. The result of uh, it, it was definitely celebratory. It wasn't him just lashing out. It, this was after, you know, they played a phenomenal two-hour set. So it wasn't, it, it wasn't just him appearing, you know, incoherent. It, it was, it was a gradual thing. And everybody right. in the audience was absolutely right there with them too. So <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> everyone having a good time, getting drunk uh, yeah. at the same time. It's, it's guided by voices. Yeah, you're a big fan. Is, is that your? It's not your favorite band, is it? Is it your one favorite? Of, one of my favorites. top five. Uh, they, I cannot pick a favorite band next to Risk Reward. They're pretty good. Oh, stop oh. you! Go on, boy. You know your audience. Hey, you gave me you gave me a pitch. I'll kick you in. <laughs> Where? What about Stuyvesant? Are you guys playing thing. anywhere soon? Whom? Oh yeah, actually, we're playing in Boston. Is Boston out there tonight? We're Boston, playing yeah. Boston. We're playing TT the Bears tomorrow night. Oh really? I can't believe that place yes. is still there. You're heading up there. What's up? You're heading up there tomorrow. I am. Interesting. But we're playing early. If you're, if you're listening and you're from Boston, we're playing there at 5 p.m. with uh, Ben Diley's band. That's because uh, the bars in Boston close at 5:45. That's, that's right. <laughs> Some drink in town. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Imagine nuts when I go around the yeah. country and all the bars close at like 1 a.m. Right. Or whatever. Right. We're competing with TSOL, so we had to go in early. Oh, dude. Uh, BRW saying he collapsed on stage. Is that true? Uh. I don't know if it was a collapse or oh, yeah, he fell. He fell. <laughs> he, he, I don't know if uh, it, it was half. I don't know if it was intentional, like just like a rock star. Like oh. I've fallen was, off the stage before. I don't know what a it drunk was. Drunk stupor. It was horrible. Yeah, you, you were drunker than the Orange Bear. It was a place called the Orange Bear downtown by the World Trade Center before. Uh, you and know. it was a high stage. Too. Yeah, I fell right off the stage, man. I was playing by myself. Really. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Gallagher Terrible. saved my ass once. We were playing with that band uh, Lagwagon in New Jersey, like back in the '90s, and I was hopping around on stage like the hey, pop punk hey, that hey, it was. Watch your mouth about New Jersey, okay? And the '90s. In the 
90s. <laughs> and I, I hopped right into a hole on the stage, and I was literally like 180, my legs up in the air. And What venue? Uh, uh, it was like a fire hall in New Jersey somewhere. So, you know, it's so weird how all these uh, worlds collide. You did grow up in Bayside, and I bet you, I you've seen Dan Loker uh, I, I walking have. around. Haven't? And I have stories. <laughs> I, I I don't, I, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You have Dan Loker stories? Um, more about his bandmates than Dan. Right. I ran into Dan... And if he calls, maybe I'll tell him this. I went to Dan in uh, in Pittsburgh about five years ago, where he was there just to see Napalm Death, and I was there playing a club they just wound up at, and I, I just fanboyed his ass. I was like, "Hey, oh my God, you're Dan Wilker. What are you doing here?" And he was very polite about it. And I don't think he knew the hell I was, but I think he was psyched that I recognized him. Yeah, he's so. a, he's like six foot mil- a million. Well, of course, and also like I I wish I could play bass like him. <laughs> He is a fucking pretty solid bass player. He's good. I, I would say godlike. He's good. Yeah, when you hear that uh, that Great. Fistful of Metals album, the bass is just ridiculous. Unbelievable. Like, it sounds, it's growling, it's 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 aggressive. It's a beautiful thing. It's that metal. Like 10, uh, is, uh, and can, we, metal. can we talk about SOD? Fistful of Metal. Oh, yeah. Yes, we're going to talk I about all I want to talk about stuff. Chromatic Death and well, what the sound is on that. <laughs> That's we'll like, that Mike's later. like, hey, we have permission to play uh, Dan's music. So yeah. like uh, the whole SOD catalog. So that we'll, we'll be taking a four-minute break later. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I picked the correct day to visit the Barrage where I get trip. I'm a huge Grifters fan. Right. And I get uh, I get uh, Dan from SOD and, and, uh, and Nuke. From everything. And Nuke. And... Um, and, of course, early anthrax. So, yeah. I'm dancing on the chat box saying Jersey is listening. I'm, I, I don't know. Maybe that's dancing Mike. Who knew? I, I promise to keep be. my mouth shut during the interviews. <laughs> that's dancing Terry. It's that's a different, fine. You know, different we, we never know how these interviews are going to go. Sometimes we get a guest who's very talkative, and sometimes right. it's the complete opposite of that, and we don't know what's going to happen. So right. we just gotta, uh, you know, play it by ear and see what happens. And sometimes right. we get question mark. Hey, <laughs> hey, 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 Walsh. Yeah, by the way, uh, 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 don't fucking insult the guests. Like it did last week when after Mike Watt hung up and you called him question mark. <gasps> I did? You did? I, don't know. I thought I signed a statement for that. Well, you said it, but uh, I erased it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I was hoping that that, that Watt, Watt was here. Oh, man. Uh, well, this is the thing. That that day, I actually emailed him, and, and I realized that he was in town the night before. I didn't know they were playing Philly the night uh, we interviewed him and I asked him to come in and he, I think he would have came in we would have sent him around yeah but they they you know he, they're playing every night cuz as he says yeah. if you're not playing you're paying guys so. i am proud to tears that you have got mike watt it was the easiest thing in the world i just emailed him and he was like sure i'm in thanks dude this is the best webcast ever of Ugh. course he's going to be on it. <laughs> hey he hey walsh care. yo who do i have to uh, do the thing to to get a beer around here Oh, yeah, you just have to ask. There's a cooler right outside the, do the door. And, uh, is there is there a toilet out there, too? No. What do you what, have to do? What, yeah, number what, what, one or number, number two? Oh, my God. No, number one. <laughs> then the piece but, you do. Oh, so I rang your doorbell. I hope I didn't petrify your poor family. No, that's okay. They went out to, uh, on the okay. spooky Halloween walk. You know, he, can, if I may, can I tell you what a sweet man Walsh is? He offered me not one beer option, but he offered me two beer options. There you go. <laughs> uh, the reason why he's a dick is because he offered me Blue Moon. Nobody right. drinks Blue Moon. Yeah, and you're a bartender, right? Right. Yeah. And Blue Moon has like a, what, a 1.2 alcohol percentage or something? It's phony baloney. I don't care how much alcohol it is. It's, it's garbage. Well, that's good. Wait, don't tell Pat that because we want him to be able to control the volume knob. <laughs> that's why I'm sucking down Amstel Lights. Control the volume knob. Exactly. Amstel's a great beer. I like Thank That's you. Great beer. What is the uh, most popular selling beer in the bar? Don't uh, say Bud Light. Uh, well, I'm from an area where Bud Light is popular, so I don't care. 
I'll sell you whatever you want to drink. Just right. throw me a buck. Mm. 95 calories. Yeah, it's never become, tasted so important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 64. Yeah, it's be, the whole thing's become so mercenary. I don't care what you drink. Just, just Did your bar close tip. down? Yeah, we were closed for renovations where I oh. went out to... Oh, this, this gets pretty good. I went out to California for a month, or the West Coast for a month, and I visit all our friends out there, folks that you know. You saw the pictures. I saw uh, a, a shout-out to... Um, to Conan, I saw Conan Neutron. I saw mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Chris Kasuga. Yeah, yeah, yes, I saw Chris. <laughs> he just made a glasses uh, <laughs> sign with his hands. I, you are lying. <laughs> you are lying. Who's the half I tried to. I tried to, you know, make a, a gesture as to you know, like this number this thirty call. with a with a good point. Who wants a beer to taste imported? Like, hey, hey man, this this beer tastes like it's been across the sea. <laughs> oh, no. Delicious. Does beer get through customs. Mm. So this is how beer tastes from other oh, places on a fishing vessel. <laughs> it comes through Ellis Island. Yeah, and you guys know what Walsh gave me? He gave me a cherry wheat. You have to change its name. So, that's, that's the same stuff. Sam Adams cherry wheat. Yeah, pop, interesting pop choice. My, pop my Walsh pop my chair. There you go. It's whatever. I think it's, Mike, we should take a. It's, it's crappy bodega beer. I think we should take that break now. I, I'm sorry, everyone. I have to take a quick break, and at nine o'clock, we'll be talking a trip from the Grifters. That's ten minutes from now. It's all awesome. My, what all, do you think of that? All my fault. No, not at all. Not, Thank not, you, no. Brian. Nice to see you. And I uh, hope you'll be sticking around as we uh, talk to our famous celebrity guests coming up soon. Right? I ain't leaving. All right. We'll be back after these words. This is Chooch to Chooch AM with John Houlihan. To talk to John, dial 718-577-2716. First time Chooch line, 718-577-2716. West of Queens, 718-577-2716. South of Astoria's 718-577-2716. East of Midwest and fucking Europe, 718-577-2716. The Stunod Line, 718-577-2716. The Wildcard Line, 718-577-2716. And if you ordered a $22 calzone, 718-577-2716. Now, here's John Houlihan.
this place the Ladies have horns And paste on their trays You can shoot up your arm Truth has become Martinis and toast And look at me now I'm the most
Yes, call. You're on the air. Hey, this is Trip from the Rifters. Hey, Trip. How's it going, man? Great. Thank you very much for calling in. This is a real treat for us. We uh, appreciate it greatly. Uh, it's my pleasure. Uh, how's everything going? Fantastically. That's my that's my first question. I have that written down. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Real, real pro show here. Uh, we're talking a trip from the Grifters. Of course, the Grifters have reunited for a few shows after 17 years. Hallelujah. The New York shows, uh, I'll be at the Glasslands one. Everyone else apparently is going on Saturday because I always pick the wrong show. I'm going to both. You're going to both? Damn Good for straight. you. Damn and uh, They're both going to be great. Yeah. The uh, uh, Glassland show is November 7th. That's the Friday. And Mercury Lounge is November 8th, which is uh, the Saturday. And it, it, not, that weekend marks the 20th anniversary, believe it or not, of Crap and You Negative. Holy shit. Amazing. I, That's thought, a long time. I thought that already happened. Did it? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I believe everything I read on the internet, so... <laughs> the internet yeah, you're me. right that's that's probably true yeah yeah why I, not i <laughs> brooklyn vegan told me that so it's probably true whatever that is they're up to over there so trip thanks for calling uh what are these reunion shows they're only a, a couple shows and that's it and then you guys are uh, there's no uh new music this and that's it or is there more stuff going on um, well, we're going to play a new song at the shows this, uh, coming up. Oh, I guess, yeah? Uh, two weeks from tonight. Nice. Uh, you going to record anything new or no? Uh, we were writing stuff. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. There you are. You we'll have see. a Live from the Barrage exclusive. He doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you guys getting along and stuff on this on this tour, I guess you can call it, that you're doing, is and getting together and writing new music? I know, like, you know. We'll, we'll see if we get along on the yeah. tour. <laughs> it's fair to say so per- so perfect together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know. Uh, no, we've been having, we've been having fun. Uh, it's nice to be back together and just uh, play the songs. The songs are always what it was all about, so. Right. It's nice to get back in touch with them. It it amazes me that th- those songs haven't aged at all. I mean, they're they're really they still sound totally current. Like you know, actually, they sound better than ever. Uh, we're excited to come up there and play because um, everyone's better musicians. We have better equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, although we're running equipment for the show, so we'll see. We'll see. But you doing SIR? Uh, huh? SIR. Are you renting gear from the rental studio SIR? Is oh, I have no idea. We might be sharing with the band. Right, I don't or, know. Or, uh, okay, right. As opposed to bringing your own gear, there's a rental out here called SIR. <laughs> when you uh, when you say that uh, you're Probably. you're better musicians, have you been playing with bands this whole time uh, up until now, or did you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I have. I I've been playing the whole time. Uh, Stan had to take some. T- our drummer had to take some time off. He had a bout with. Um, Tinnitus, which obviously we all thought had to do with uh, playing a lot of music all the years, but it turned out he had um, Meniere's disease. He had a oh, no. he had a, a bout of debilitating vertigo one time, and his doctor was like, "Oh, this is not just tinnitus; this is something else." So he had to take some time off to deal with that. Oh, Jesus. oh wow! Well, that's, out that's bad for four a or five that, four or five years. Stan sort of took some break a break off from music and. Uh, got that under control. All right, good to hear. And uh, so, how does this work? There's, there's the two shows in New York. You guys played in Memphis, right? 
And that, and uh, yeah, we've we've done about six shows in Memphis in the past year. Well, let's start with the reunion for people who don't know. You guys got together for it was a film project, right? Yeah, well, actually, um, 2013 was the 25th anniversary of Shangri La Records, and my good buddy Jared McStay, who owns the record store now, was like, "Dude, we gotta get the Grifters to, to play this thing." And I was like, "Yeah, you know, if we're gonna get together, it's got to be for that." And so we started talking about that, and um, before that happened, this documentary came out, um, and of course we knew about it because we'd all done interviews for it, but they asked us to play the uh, the after-show party or the premiere. Uh, so everything was sort of like, it seemed like it was the time to do it. We would have done it a couple of years ago, but we didn't want to be accused of copying pavement. <laughs> Well, I, I for one am delighted. I'm over the moon. I, you know, when I saw that they were playing, I I, I freaked out and I went online and bought the first uh, for first tickets I could. That was the Friday show. Yeah, may, may I interject? Yes. It, and correct me if I'm wrong. This is Brian Musikoff. Hi. Was there not was there not an Albini? Hi. Was there not an Albini quote where he said something to the effect of the grifters over pavement? Does anyone remember this? I don't know. Nope. I don't know. That makes me happy, but it's true. <laughs> but uh, I don't remember the gist, but I believe what he was saying is if you're going for that style of, and I guess what he's going for like is that, that slovenly uh, early 90s kind of loose form of indie rock, I believe he said his pick is the grifters over any pavement. Yeah. And I, I wish I can get somebody to confirm uh, it's apples and oranges. Yeah. <laughs> we played pool against we played pool against Steve Albini once. Uh-huh. Uh, we were in Chicago at the old empty bottle. Right. And John when it was like a tiny little bar and they had a one pool table. And uh Steve Albini was there with Chris Novoselic sure. and we played pool against him and we thought we, you know, bands on tour, as you guys probably know, get pretty good at pool. Right. Because you have nothing else to do. And uh so it was actually was me and Stan versus Steve Albini and Chris Novoselic, and we thought we're you know give him a run for his money. No, he's a he shark. ran the table. He, he <laughs> broke. Uh, he broke and ran the table, and no one else got to even shoot. <laughs> you know he has a pool table in, in his house, right? It's like in the living room. Uh, yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> yeah, it's not even it a comes table. out from a secret thing in the floor. Yeah, he's got a billiards table. He pulls a that... candlestick and the pool table comes out of the floor. That's when you know a guy's serious when the, when the pool table doesn't have pockets. We're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> table has no pockets. It's billiards, man. Yeah, I hope you didn't lose any money. Uh, no, it. thankfully no. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> oh, oh, he'll take it. Yeah. He'll take it. All right, we recorded there, uh, and our bass player uh, decided to play Steve for money, and Steve's like, no, don't give him, don't bet. <laughs> and he was drunk, and we left, and, and I don't know what happened. I don't know how much money he lost, but it was probably a significant amount. <laughs> he does have a fat wallet. <laughs> I don't know. Not anymore. See, before he, before he broke, cards. he put his wallet on the pool table, and it was like three inches thick. Uh, it's filled with old old flyers from punk shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ticket stub and stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's got a hoarder's wallet. He's got a, old fanzines in there that he cut up. And... <laughs> old articles. <in> <laughs> Cut and paste. <laughs> I was told to ask you about the Gary, who are friends of ours, kind of. You know, Trey Poole and those guys. And Hell yeah. yeah. I don't know what I'm supposed to ask. Yep. How about the Gary? <laughs> Hell yeah. 
new record. What's the name? Of, what's the name of the guitar that Trey plays? It's completely metal. It's probably an electrical. It looks like guitar company. It looks like the Silver Surfer's guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Good reference, Norton. Yeah, Red. it's completely aluminum. The body, the neck, everything. And yeah. <laughs> EGC was the. Uh, it's uh, who's that guy, Pat? Who makes those guitars? Kevin. Uh, Kevin Burkett. Kevin Burkett. Down in yeah, it's like this one guy that makes these guitars, and they weigh a ton. Right. Like, I, I put on Trey's guitar, and I was worried that the guitar strap was going to break, and it would, you know, slice my toes off. <laughs> yeah, and he plays a baritone, too. I don't know. I don't even know what that is. It's a <laughs> guitar that's lower than a regular guitar. <laughs> lower in pitch. I'm pretty good at music. So Could you put that in technical terms? <laughs> yeah. Layman's terms, please, John. Yeah. <laughs> so, was, uh, was bass your primary? Uh, I think like most bass players, I kind of got into it because nobody else wanted to play it. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> like you play bass. I do. Yeah, we, we, we all kind of play bass here. We were telling, telling Mike, we had, uh, Wa- right. we had Mike Watt on last week and we were talking to him and Mike Watt's all right. He was, yeah, he was, he's great. And, uh, okay. he's, he thought the same thing. He, what did he say? He goes, uh, I thought bass was where you put like the retarded cousin or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not entirely. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I think starting out, I imagined myself as a keyboard player when I was a little kid and, um, uh, me and, okay. Me and Stan, the was drummer. We have been playing together since we were in ninth grade. Wow. And, uh, and back then, uh, well, actually, when we started off in eighth grade, our drum set was uh, like Tupperware balls and stuff, and we had acoustic guitars. Yeah. Uh, and we would like make up songs about how annoying our history teacher is, or getting beaten up by freaks in the bathroom, or something. It's pretty much the Ramones, um, yeah. That's how it is for everyone. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, I got—I ended up being the baser because it was sort of the leftover position, and. Uh, my buddy John Stivers, who plays an Impala, and he's an old Grifters collaborator. Uh, he said, you should play bass, and he taught me my first bass lines. And uh, basically I realized, I'm just doing this so he can play guitar solos the entire time. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I'll be sitting over here while you uh, blow on the, on, the, on the guitar there, pal. That's the way yeah, it usually but we grew up. We grew up playing in a band in high school. It's called Bob. And... Um, yeah, we were just goofy. We were just like weird, goofy kids, and our whole thing was just cracking each other up, just sort of being funny and stuff. That's kind of and the whole we, point of being in a band, to me, anyway, is just hanging out and cracking jokes and being stupid, and then and once in a while uh, a song will come out in the middle somewhere. Yeah, Hopefully. well, I remember one day, like in 11th grade, Strivers came in, and he was like, oh, I just heard a bunch of punk rock on... Um, it probably wasn't Weevil. It was another station here in Memphis, College Station. But uh, and we just had an afternoon of playing punk rock type songs, and it was an epiphany for us. And we didn't really become punks or anything, but we definitely got that. That's the most fun way to play for us, anyway. Who are not, and you know, uh, we were listening to a lot of prog rock, and we couldn't play prog rock. So <laughs> yeah, it's too technical. We could play punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> But you do, you have a, uh, I mean, you're downplaying it a bit, but you have a really unique uh, approach to um, to what you play. You play a lot of uh, uh, compound chords and things that, like, you know, you, you, you typically don't uh, follow the uh, the guitar uh, as, as a leader, as a role. You're more of a song player, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it could be typified as uh, the frustrated guitarist 
syndrome. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really just want to play guitar. Yeah. So I'm going to play the bass like it's a guitar. But in the mid-'80s, when I sort of accepted that I'm the bass player and sort of paying attention to what to be done with it, and this is around the time I discovered, like, Violent Femmes, um, with the, what, Brian Ritchie, is that his name? And um, then, like, Midnight Oil, like, early Midnight Oil. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was hearing, like, bass players sort of cut up and do stuff, and uh, I started embracing that and kind of started playing with the distortion pedal, and then a few years later, heard Dinosaur Jr., and Blue Barlow's bass playing was, like, was just... Completely up my alley. Mm-hmm. That was another epiphany for me. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's nice to hear that like someone else was the same way. Lou plays chords, which I find interesting on bass. So that, that's it's it's, it's like uh, you know the bass players who kind of like play a vocal line almost underneath the songs or make it interesting. And a lot of times you don't even hear it unless you're really like listening for it. And then, but if you take that out and just put the bass in like the normal, you know. Uh, straight bass line it, the song sounds completely different and and dumb some, right <laughs> some grizzled old engineer telling you to play in the pocket yeah i mean like you know you, you listen to uh i don't want to bring up a, you know what's that band the beatles <laughs> <laughs> that guy he's playing something different every time it's like you know how do you how, how do you even remember what to do yeah <laughs> God damn it. It pisses me off. Speaking for myself, I certainly don't play to, play that way. But I don't <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't accept it. I I'm always afraid I said this last week of overplaying and like and 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 you know uh, coming over the top of the song and stuff and like I have a hard time with that. Oh John, I've been yelled at by my bandmates to chill with the No one's yelled at me yet, which is good. Because you're in a band with two sweethearts. <laughs> so trip. That's sweet. <laughs> Enough about me. <laughs> Are you gonna uh, Are you gonna give up the uh, the ghost on uh, on what type of uh, distortion pedal you use, or is that a, is that a trade secret? Trade secrets. Uh, I use an old crappy rat guitar pedal. Actually, really? for bass. That's falling. That's falling apart. Uh, I didn't use. That's what I use now. That's not what I used back in the day. But um, I don't even remember what I used. I actually used to use a uh, in the latter days of the grifters back in the nineties. I had a Warp XXL pedal. Really? You guys are familiar with that? Uh-huh. You know that one? That was, I that was awesome. Mm, I'm starting to bid on them on eBay right now. <laughs> we just closed the chat box. <laughs> He's bidding on eBay right now. <laughs> vintage pedal. To that get was that pretty cool. Grifter sound. But, um, get that grifter sound. But I'm actually, I, I play a rat pedal, and uh, I'm playing to a sun head, and I think it's a guitar head. I think it's a sun-o guitar head. Right. It's an old one. Um, but just a good fucking... Strong, loud-ass cabinet. Uh, yeah, that's that's surprising. I mean, right now, right now, I'm using a, a Jens Benz. When the Grifters got back together a year ago, it was, actually it was just right about this time last year. Well, maybe, yeah, it was actually. Um, the uh, Scott and Dave came over to to practice at me and Stan's practice space, which is where Dragoon practices. Me and Stan a band called Dragoon. And the first night that uh, the Grifters showed up to practice at our practice space. Uh, Scott brought his old eyeball lamp over, and as soon as he plugged it in, it died. And then my amp died, and then our outboard recording equipment died. Oh, so God. the Richter showed up to our recording space and fucked up all the electronics, and everything just died. <laughs> 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 so we had to get Scott a new amp. I had to get a new amp, uh, a new cabinet, and um, uh, 
The gods, and we haven't been able to record anything. The gods didn't want it to happen. <laughs> it's, it's, Something, it, yeah. There's, you need to get redundancy, like KISS. Like, if one amp blows up, there's ten more amps like uh, that just are chained up and ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I got that going on. Exactly. Yeah. They, but there's KISS music coming out of them. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. That's what's wrong. KISS's songs still come out of the amp, even though if it blows I up. I spend more money on my uh, costuming. <laughs> what kind of costumes that's, are you guys wearing? That's more important. What kind of costumes are you guys wearing on this tour? That's so New York. We're going for some authentic nineties blue jeans. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Will you be ripping uh, the knees of the you, jeans? you might you might see Dave wear a hat. <laughs> oh, a hat. Fancy. I'm, mm-hmm. I hope that's on the We're Friday. We're hats into the act. I hope that's at the Friday show. Tell him to wear a hat on Friday, because that's what I'm going. He doesn't yeah, want to miss be there it. Friday. Well, it's going to be a different hat both nights. <laughs> John, John doesn't want to miss the hat. Oh, man. If I miss the hat, I'm going to explode. I'm going to be so angry. But we're also working on our dance moves. Dance moves are big. Good. I watch video that's of myself playing bass. I never move. <laughs> what am I doing? Do you guys move? Are you a mover? Are you jumping around? Are you we sleeping? are not. We are not movers. Oh, good. Someone was talking to me about that. We just played Goner Fest, and somebody came up to me after the show and was like, "Wow, you guys are pretty heavy," you know, because I saw some pictures from the shows, and you just kind of look like shoegazers. And I was like, "Yeah, we kind of are shoegazers." So I'm basically just like looking at my hand to make sure I play everything correctly and yeah. it sounds good. And uh, we've never been much for, uh, you know. Scissor kicks and stuff. <laughs> take, take a cue from Pollard with the high kicks. Hey, Trip, can I ask you a question about albums? No. Please? Pretty sure. Much. This is Brian, and I'm a guest on the show today, so I hope I'm not stepping on feet. This ahead. is very unorthodox. If I, if, if I may. Uh, I have a question. When you guys recorded Ain't My Lookout, I know, was that, if not mistaken, was that recorded at Ardent? No, it was recorded at Easley's. Oh, Doug Eastley's. Okay. And did you find that that experience recording at a quote unquote real studio was different, a different experience for you guys as far as the sound that you got at the end, as opposed to when you guys recorded either at the Shangri-La, was it the flower shop? Well, can you, can, um, can you expand on that? The, the, actually, the very first thing we did um, was a band called Bud, and we recorded a cassette tape. We recorded a cassette tape. We recorded a record and released a cassette. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I'm on my back porch drinking. Um, fine. <laughs> what are you drinking? But we were, yeah, it's, it's, we're not drinking here. So had, what's wrong with Bud Light. You? I'm drinking Bud Light. I'm Bud sorry. Bud Light's, baby. Woo! Top seller. Are you in Hoboken? <laughs> Go ahead. <sorry. laughs> oh. Okay. Um, no, the very first thing we did, um, we recorded with Doug. Uh, Doug used to have a studio in his backyard of his house, and um, we recorded the first Bud cassette at his place and then everything we've ever worked on we ended up at Doug's studio um so we recorded stuff ourselves like i would record stuff at my house on a four track scott would record stuff at his house on a four track and whatever we can get done but then we'd always go to easley's and put it together and uh we were very hardcore about mixing this stuff like especially scott and i we were very eager to learn about a studio when we first got access to one so stuff like so happy together which a lot of that was recorded at Eagle Studios, so that but we mix it. Okay. But we didn't know what we were doing as far as EQing goes. Okay. Like I would just reach up and like turn up the bass on the bass drum thing, and those records sound crazy because we didn't really know what we were doing. We were sort of over eager. It made so your sound. Things so. got better as it went along, but when we recorded "Ain't My Lookout," 
um, that's the first record that we recorded entirely at Easley's in one month, every single thing. Because every record up until then, like Crappy Negative was sort of a mishmash of things that had been recorded for B-sides or compilations, mm-hmm. and it's all over the place. Uh, but Aim My Lookout wasn't recorded in one month at Easley's. So we recorded everything, and then when it came time to mix, Doug took us aside and was like, here's what we're going to do. You guys go have lunch, and we're going to EQ. He and Davis EQ'd everything, and they said, don't touch this. (laughs) When you come back, you can mess with the faders. Don't touch the EQs. So they're the ones that really made sure that record sounded really good. Gotcha. And Did you feel a little pressure? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Hmm? Go ahead. No, I was done. He's done. Okay, I was <laughs> going to say, did you feel it all? Done. Okay, did you feel it all pressured? This was your your sub pop debut, right? Yep. And did that affect uh, the effort that you put into the finality of the mixes? Did you did you find uh, as opposed? Well, there to like, was like an apology inside one of those records where they apologized for being too slick or something, but it wouldn't. That's as slick as it's going to get, or something. Right. If my memory serves me correctly, I know I'm getting it wrong, but right. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Uh, the, I, yeah, I guess there was definitely a. Uh, can you hear that? No. What? Sorry. Is that there was, okay? There was definitely a feeling that like some a lot of our fans probably uh, liked us didn't want us to clean up the sound. They liked it lo-fi, and uh, I kind of wanted to keep it lo-fi. But the the truth is, we actually we like good sounding records. And it's more about the process of capturing a live performance than it is about it sounding lo-fi. Right. The only reason it sounded lo-fi for us was because that's all we could afford. It yeah, probably would have done it better if we could afford it, but yeah. it was more about getting the immediacy of the performance down. And I think we we kept that going on Name My Lookout. The, the recording process was the same as it ever was. It's just that we were in a studio that we could, uh, you know, Make it sound things, good. Things well, could sound how you want it, to. But it seems like. But everyone still like everyone still like got real drunk and smoked a lot of pot and dropped acid <laughs> and stuff. He's still uh, drinking and smoking pot and uh, dropping acid. That's or those days over. Besides the Bud Lights, drinking, <laughs> drinking and smoking pot, not taking acid. Right. <laughs> the uh, but but like you uh, like you're saying like. It seems like it was it was much more of a lateral move to go into the studio because you already had that relationship with Doug, so you were comfortable with him. Well, it was a good move for for Easley too. It's like as as we sort of uh, you know climbed ladders, it were it meant that things were happening for Easley Studios as well. So it was kind of a given that we were going to like record at Easley's, and you know they were going to you know actually finally make some money off of recording the Grifters because they pretty much did it for free until then. Yeah, and then we got some sub pop, and they got paid. So yeah, it worked what, out. What kind of budget but did you Doug, get? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. Sorry. Doug and Davis were members of the band, really. Well, once you got in the studio, it's like, the stuff you hear on those records, there's as much contribution to the sound from Doug and Davis as it was from us. And when we mix those songs, it'd be like five people on the mixing board, like, you know, this is before automated mixing. This is like, we're all on there just like doing multiple takes, like reaching across each other. And it was, God, it was so much fun. Are they, are they still in the business? Uh, Doug is still doing something. Uh, he actually lives not too far from me, and he's got another studio in his backyard, and he does stuff. But the old building where it used to be caught on fire. Actually, some friends of mine were recording there that night, and the uh, the fire started within the walls. It was electrical fire. They were actually in the 
missing room, uh, and the walls were burning around them, and they didn't even know it. Oh, wow. So it was pretty scary. Holy shit. That's really scary. (laughs) Not good. (laughs) uh, That building has actually been bought up, and it's been opened again. Um, It's not in a great part of town, but... uh, and no, none of the old crew was involved with it, but they're. But the building was built by the Barclays, I think, uh-huh. and um, it was the first building in Memphis that was built specifically to be a recording studio. Mm. So it was like purpose. And the Barclays bought it. Well, no, the Barclays built it. Well, it's a testament to proper studio construction. <laughs> Do you? Burn- a, it was a great sounding. God, they had like a you know, an echo chamber up on the second floor. That like they could just run a mic up into the echo chamber, so you get actual reverb. And uh, the place is amazing. Mm-hmm. It was right by Payne's Barbecue. Our friend Jock chimes in. <laughs> it's Jock, down street uh, from there, yeah. yeah, Jacques from Memphis is uh, digging all the Memphis talk. He loves it because he lives down there. I'm more of a rendezvous man. Myself. He's in a band called right, The right. Family Ghost. Rendezvous, right? Rendezvous, metal rendezvous. No, that's my. That's What's your favorite Crocus tape? <laughs> <laughs> You know the band Crocus? Oh my goodness, Trip, stick with us. Sorry, go ahead. Are you are you nervous, Brian, talking to Trip? No, uh, yes. What? Yeah. I love the Griffin. I was asking Brian if he's There's nervous. a train going by and I can't hear you very well. <laughs> they still have trains down there? I thought the automobile uh, might it be a Chattanooga. There's Memphis, man. There's trains everywhere. Cool. I'm glad to see that. They're all black men busking on every street corner. And you and uh you will never leave really. Memphis. I made that part up. You made that part up. You'll never leave Memphis. Is that true? You love mm-hmm. it. Nashville's for, uh, Nashville's for assholes, right? Oh, well, you know, I got some friends in Nashville. <laughs> what uh, going back to the studio question, just really quick? What kind of budget did you uh, did you guys get for the sub pop recording on, on that first record? Was it like holy shit? It's like you know they gave us like a hundred grand to do this or something? Or uh, I didn't pay much attention to that stuff. I knew that easily was would easily McCain would be well taken care of. I would say that what we signed for. Uh, a third of that went to the recording of their album. Yeah. And then another third went to our lawyer, and another third went to well, I don't know where. <laughs> <laughs> Just went to the abyss. We, we bought a van. You, you, Sub Pop sucks, right? You you hate those guys, no? Fuck them. Now, I don't, I mean, I don't keep up with them. Uh, right, but back then, like, you know, you felt that they weren't pushing you guys enough, like, as the other bands, and... No, I think they. I, well, uh, I could talk about that for a long time, but I probably shouldn't. You but uh, I, 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 I think like it to... would have been. The, I think it was the case. Like whoever you signed with, it would have ended badly. Uh, so we definitely had a lot of people who were working for us and believed in us, and, and were trying to help. Right, but you uh, ma- you maintain that the albums would would have sounded uh, the same whether you were on a, a big label like Sub Pop or not. Now, well, the last record, they insisted that we do audit. We bring in an engineer. Uh, here we go. The- and uh, and do like go to a studio that had automated mixing and stuff. And this is sort of at the you know late night, like ninety seven. This is the beginning of that stuff. And they gave us a choice of engineers to use, and went with this guy who used to hang out with Public Enemy. He was part of the Bomb Squad. Right. And I'm oh, totally yeah. blanking. I'm totally blanking on his name right now. Bob Rock. But he. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> he worked with Sonic Youth. Uh, Bob, Rock. Bob Rock's good, I heard. Okay. He's good. I like his name. Ted Templeman. <laughs> Flavor Flay was 
going to produce the record. John <laughs> uh, Lord Alg. You know, we, we're in the same philosophy with you that, like, you bring in a producer and, like, everyone groans and rolls their it's eyes. not a producer, an engineer. Oh, just an engineer. Okay. Yeah, we, so- we still produce the recording of the records ourselves right. pretty much. Yeah. Uh, they wanted an engineer to come in and make sure it was, you know, uh, quote-unquote radio-friendly. They're like, ah, you know, why? And then I remember talking to the guy, God, I can't remember his name, the guy that mixed the record or engineered it. And um, he was saying, like, I don't even think you guys even need an engineer. And you guys have done pretty well on your own. And uh, I remember calling Sub Pop myself and going, like, I talked to the engineer, and he said, we don't need an engineer. We could save some money on this. <laughs> and they're like, no, you're using an engineer, damn it. <laughs> but the whole, it wasn't him at all. He was great. But the, I think the automated mixing, and we couldn't mix it easily. Uh, easily was just getting real busy around then. Uh, a lot of business was coming in, and we actually couldn't get into easily. Wow. So we had to we had to finish all the record at the House of Blues studio here in Memphis. Hmm. Was it Stuart Which, Sykes? Uh, the, the week that we were there mixing, uh, Miss Tennessee was also there cutting an album. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, I, True story. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it, was a, it was a weird environment. Uh, we weren't really comfortable there, and it was an alien process of going through automated mixing and uh, sending everything through all these compressors to make it radio-friendly and... I'm really surprised uh, that uh, that Sub Pop didn't try to like push a producer on you guys. That didn't they didn't try at least. And you were like, no. We well, we worked with Ted Nicely once. He used to work with Fugazi, and right. uh, he came down to Memphis and we recorded Easley's, and he produced the single that had uh, Queen of the Table Waters, and I can't remember what was on the other side. Trey Pool on the chat but, uh, saying in all capitals, Sub Pop couldn't find their dick with both hands. <laughs> Thank you, Trey. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah. I love Trey. But how loves how that does guy. he feel about Sub Pop? I'm unclear. <laughs> He's busy banging the dents out of some car yeah. down in Texas right now. Right, right. Uh, mind you, last night was the Sub Pop CMJ party right here in New York City, and they had Ugh. bits and stuff. I hate everything about that whole sentence. Yeah. yeah. I was there. Uh, well, you know, if, well, it's any, if it's any consolation, the, uh, the records didn't suffer because of it. You know, I mean, those, our, those are I my, remember, I'm, I, I, maybe I was I'm, throwing a curve. Those with, are my two favorites. I'm sorry. I was I was throwing a curveball with everything you guys threw out, and you know, I mean, I always remember, you know, but that's like what my favorite records do is that you know they do throw me a little off balance the first time that I listen to them, and then the second time that I go back to them and start really getting into it, I you know I I realize I'm like okay yeah this is great I like I'm, I'm getting it I'm going with it and you, your record certainly certainly had that uh, that charm. Yeah, hey, I see what well, we always um, talked about. We didn't talk about it like at length, but we, you know, I think most bands hope that their songs are timeless. Um, and I think we were aware of that when we were writing songs throughout everything. That like, if something popped up that you could identify as like, oh, that sounds like this Carpenter song or whatever, you say, don't do that. You try to make sure all the riffs at least are original. But I think everything has sort of stood the test of time, and I think the new song, I think, I think it sounds better than ever right now. Uh, I'm excited for you guys to hear it up in, up there in New York. Yeah, man. Uh, fucking new song? Are you kidding me? Right. Like I said, for one thing, everyone's better musicians. For another thing, I kind of, uh, you guys seem to be in the bass, and I don't want to say I fixed all the bass lines, but I used to <laughs> sort of overplay a lot of stuff and play a lot of chords, and I sort of went through and... Either I couldn't remember how to play it the old way or whatever, but uh, I kind of looked through a lot more low end and where it needed it. And 
I mean, we always we had a we had a uh, history of never playing songs the same way twice, which is sort of true. It's not exactly true. A lot of songs we played the same way every time. But um, oh, by the way, the I guy's name is uh, Nick Sanzano, yeah. uh, the public enemy yeah. producer. Yeah, okay. Sanzano. Yeah. Sanzano. Did we get that already? Was I not yeah, listening? Well, it was, no, it was chimed in on <laughs> oh, the okay. chat. Just just for the record. <laughs> Couldn't what? remember the name. The guy. Oh, oh the guy. Yeah, right. Yes. Name from so Bomb Squad. The yeah. PE. Thank you. you. You've tightened the screws on what the. I have early onset Alzheimer's, so. What, what an odd pairing, like the Bomb Squad and the Grifters. Well, it's well, he works with Sonic Youth, and yeah. I love the Public Enemy, so I was like, yeah, this guy is gonna, you know. Was it true that Sub Pop uh, didn't want you to tour with Sevado because they were afraid you would blow them off the stage every night, and they put you, they uh, put you on a different tour? No, that's not true. Oh, okay. I like to read old <laughs> interviews from story. the 90s. <laughs> What's the story? Well, Bob didn't really have anything to do with that. All right. We've had Sebado in the in here before. They're, uh, they're, they're, you know, they're Sebado. John's, <laughs> John's been on the indie scuttlebutt blog. I'm in the internet. That's where he gets all his news from. In, in between J.O. sessions, I like to read uh, uh, Indie Hammer. <laughs> Which is a, a webzine. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it sounds pretty borderline. Yeah. Oh know. boy. Okay. I don't know. I just made that right, up. Okay. Indie Hammer. Indie, uh, Indie Hammer. Tell Indie. us about your art trip. Yeah. Oh yeah. This what? is crazy. Your paintings or something? Yeah. <laughs> I I don't do paintings. I pretty much just draw pictures of Spider Man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Trip. Trip. Can I can I take over for a second? Yes, trip. Are you into Brian. Steve Ditko? Like what what Spider Man are we talking about? <laughs> Uh-oh. John Romita. Gil Kane, John Romita. Yeah. Gil Kane, inked by John Romita. Or Ross Andrew, 70s stuff. Oh, it's good. comic book time, apparently, on Life No, we're, we're done with that segment. <laughs> no, let's not go there. It's a base show. Let's not talk about comic books. It's not a base show. You guys can talk I'm about a, whatever you like. I'm a base guy and a comic book guy. Why don't you draw a base and nah. leave everyone alone? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, old, I'm old school Marvel kid. Uh, okay. You don't like the the new the newer stuff. You don't like when like no, there's no there's tons of stuff that's new that I love. I Chief still read comics. I well, I download them. What's uh, what's the I don't, what's I don't your, really buy them anymore. What's the most prized comic that you own? This question is for Trip and Brian. I don't own comics, but go ahead, Trip. Ah, uh, jeez. Um, I don't own that one. I'm gonna have to go with um, Jim Steranko's three issue run on Captain America issues one ten, one eleven, and one thirteen. Oh, that's that's pretty good, John. Is that solid? I don't know. No, really yeah, no, that's, that's solid. That's like, solid. Uh, it's like it's like Thank you. it's it's like Thank you. it's like big black like first seven. <laughs> the first the first pressing of the. Uh, I like that you were the, you were good enough to put it into something we could understand. <laughs> I, know, I know I'm talking to a chooch over here. So. Hey, don't hey. Well, Brian's just called me a chooch. I think I'm going to kick him out of here. Oh dear. <laughs> I thought you was, a chooch. I, I thought it was an honorable. I thought chooch was honorable. Uh, a chooch is uh, well, you know, it's hard to pin it down. My respect. Yeah. I apologize. Well. Can, uh, Trip. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up later. Look it up later. Yeah, chooch. It's tough. <laughs> oh dear. Please don't. Oh, please don't. <laughs> We're talking a trip of the grifters about comics and chooches and uh, bass playing. All sorts of stuff. Hey, I, I, I met John Romita once when I was in New York. You met who? John Romita. Oh. Brian, you care to chime in? He was the. Uh, Never mind. Was, he, was he nice? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, he was very nice. Was he? Was he, <laughs> he was did, did nice he have, old guy. Did he have a? Did he have an egotistical air about himself? Did he know that you were tripped? No, from the not at all. Did he know you were tripped from the Grifters? Yeah, he was a huge Grifters fan. I would, I would assume <laughs> so. he, he, he handed him a business card from Sub Pop. 
It said Nick Sarzano. <laughs> yeah, get this guy to do the next album cover for you. Com- comic fans in the chat box are so upset with us right now. Oh, they're all mad. Yeah, they're all- <laughs> Jacques calling them funny books. <laughs> I, you know, I it's the comic book thing. It, it, it's I, I respect it because it you know it's kind of like the same thing with record collecting and whatever else. And I'm sure it's fascinating to to people who collect the comic books. I just don't know anything about it. Yeah. All I know is but, my brother has like old Wolverines in the attic and I'm going to sell those things on eBay like, tomorrow. <laughs> I just rem- reminded myself. Uh, they're not, not going to be worth anything. They're not worth anything, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> listen, you, why, what's going on in the World Series here, Ryan? Uh, my Brett Saberhagen rookie card is worth nothing. It's worth like 50 cents. Bullshit. <laughs> Baseball cards have Brett to be from the Saberhagen. 70s or earlier. I always told it was a good investment. Now, my mom lied to me. Yeah. Bullshit. Well, I, I have to imagine that I have to imagine that bass playing podcast is less popular than a comic book podcast. <laughs> this is correct. Did Pat put that in the email that this is a podcast about bass playing? <laughs> I don't know. And, and I, fear, I fear. but you know, it's it's not entirely uh, untrue because you know, but or we have Watt, we have Trip, and then we're going to be talking to Dan Lilkers next. <laughs> from it's three three huge bass playing legends in a row. It's mm-hmm. amazing. I'm mm-hmm. excited about. It. Well. Sort of. And it's just a fluke. Like, it wasn't planned this way. It just kind of worked out this You're way. You're on base talk. Yeah. <laughs> Even less popular. You're on base talk. <laughs> Part of our three-part series. What gauge strings do you use? It's called the bottom line. Do you, do you like your line. strings uh, uh, tight or loose? <laughs> the bottom line. Uh, you want to talk about base strings? Let's yeah. get into it. All right. Five strings, yay or nay? Flat wound? Round wound. No, round wound, no five strings, no flat wound. Okay. GHS my strings, uh, all my strings in my bass are probably eight years old. <laughs> I'm from nice. I'm, I'm from the James Jamerson school. Like, never change your bass strings. It's a right. good school to be from. Do you play with a pick? I find if I play with a pick, I pop, I break strings more down by the um, down by the river. Down by yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. No, yeah. Uh, by, yeah. I do play with a pick, but I play with a pick and my thumb. Okay. Uh, do you do play with one of those? I'm, I'm, very, I'm dexterous. Uh, one of those giant picks. Like uh, that, you could put two fingers on. I've, 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 re- I keep, re- I keep. No, just regular guitar picks. I keep reverting to putting my second finger on the pick, like because I, I, it's a, like a nervous habit. Mm-hmm. Do you play with just which your, one are you going to use? Your thumb. Well, if you're not going to use your second finger. Which finger are you going to use? No, I use both. Like I put my index and my second finger on the pick. But that's technique. That's up to you. I know, but I'm just saying. Well, that's too big of a pick. Is that weird? (laughs) No, it's a a regular size pick. (laughs) I use I use a brick for a pick. (laughs) I use I use another. Have you ever used Have you ever used a quarter for a pick? Uh, I'm that sure sucks. we all have. Yeah, it sucks. I, I can't it stand sucks. that. Yeah. It's like you're playing a show and you run out of picks and you reach in your pocket and all you can find is a quarter. It's like, I'll use this quarter. And <laughs> then you slice to the string. Yeah, if you the, turn your treble to zero. I use I use a pointing trowel. <laughs> <laughs> That's what uh, Steve Alvini uses on his electric, uh, on his metal guitar. His <laughs> <laughs> aluminum guitar. He's a pointing, pointing trowel. Yeah. <laughs> he's, gonna, he's Italian, so he's going to do some masonry work later after the show. After the gig, I use a, I use a giant great white great white tooth. After, after you play the rock and roll gig, a bit of brickwork is just gravy. Yeah, you just do some repointing. Yeah, it's just extra bread. You seen the bricks in that studio? They're big. Adobe. All right, I, I'm sorry, Trip, that the, everything's gone off the rails here. It's Don't my, apologize. It's, it's my this fault. is what I always tell Trey Poole. Stop apologizing so much. Yeah. Oh, does he? Is he apologizer? Only drives. 
That yeah, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 Trip, what's your trail like en route to New York? You have a, a tour? Like, what, what, tell us about the tour. Well, we're not touring. We're just flying up there and doing two shows and oh, flying crazy. back. I didn't that's, know this. That's probably, that's probably the way we're going to work from here on. We'll right. probably just maybe try to... Because well, we can't really tour anymore. We're just, okay. We don't have a van, for one thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know... But, uh, we're, but we, we, we want to get out there and play and, and see everybody and do what we can. So we're working on it. We got... There's stuff... In, in the uh, what you call it? Well, New York City yeah. is very excited, yeah. and, and yeah, yeah, speaking for the people in the room, we are absolutely overjoyed that you're doing it. The, uh, you know, it works out with everybody's schedule probably that you could just hey, you, you guys could do it at your leisure if you want to play yeah. a couple shows here and there, you could do it, and that's it. Just pop on by. Yeah. We encourage everyone to come to Memphis for a vacation and see us here. Been there, done. Yeah, that. Oh, you guys do, that. do like that's, you guys that's just, so much easier for us. You guys, <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you just get to keep playing shows in Memphis, like mm-hmm. uh, here and there. Is that the plan? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hey, cool. Can hey, we stay at your house? <laughs> can we crash? Can we? Yeah. <laughs> hey. We're gonna play at Bonnaroo uh, in the parking lot. <laughs> no. We're gonna go to Bonnaroo and set up in the, on a flatbed and play out there. Hey, Trip, do you like to get beers at the at the Buccaneer there in Memphis? I go there for beer. I love the Buccaneer. Yeah, Me too. Uh, Me too. I've been going to the Buccaneer forever since like '87 or something. Well, that. Um, I can believe it became a rock club. I used to go there when they just had a pool table and it was just someplace just went to play pool and it was just a hole in the wall. And, uh, many of my favorite acid trips started at the Buccaneer. I go to there to Trey Pool myself. Oh, see what see, he that, did? That's a pun. See what he did? It's the he, lowest he form of wit. Pool. And I believe Trey Pool checked in and I believe he said he was in Colorado. Is Trey, Trey, are you in no, Colorado? No, Trey lives in Texas. Yeah, but he said he was in Colorado oh. on the chat thing. He says he's he's on, I don't know, he's, he's bitching about his hotel. Maybe, yeah, maybe he was Wi-Fi. kidding. He's, uh, I thought I he was on know. tour. I we thought like he was in Austria or something. Oh, they were just in like Croatia, yeah. They're back now. And you never know if he's... Uh, Croatia. Cro- Cro- yeah, Croatia. Cro- you guys ever play Croatia? They like those Croatia. giant metal guitars in Croatia. They love them. <laughs> you can sell them for scrap for can, a pack of Marlboros and a pair of jeans. You can use it to defend yeah, yourself. Yeah, they, they steal them from the band. They get them out of the van. <laughs> yeah, they're like, come to Croatia. Everything's fine. Then uh, yeah. next thing you know, you have no equipment. Next thing you know, you're using a $3,000 guitar to defend yourself against a pack of wild dogs. <laughs> you're putting a Facebook post up like, I lost my <laughs> shit. Someone stole our shit and nobody cares. Oh, my goodness gracious. We, uh... We played in East Germany once, like in '96 or something, and we crossed over in East Germany With the and got lost. And the map was nuts, and we just got lost and stopped. It was like, can we just stop and ask someone where we are? And uh, it turned out we were in a very bad part of town. <laughs> we got to the club, and they're like, where were you? God, you could have been killed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're just walking around sightseeing, you know? It's fun. I don't know. I think, I think Americans it was, it was, in Europe, they tend to not take they tend to not take advantage of Americans in Europe because, they, you know, when they show up in a bad neighborhood because they think it's some sort of sting. Yeah. I, can see, I can see someone feeling that way in Memphis. <laughs> I've never been to Memphis. I want to go. We should go. We're going we're gonna to do a live from the barrage field trip <clears throat> the next time the Grifters have a gig in Memphis. Memphis. It's, it, they have Elvis's body there. Like on Remote feed. Oh, hey, Trip, what's the story with the new high? I haven't been in, a, in, a, in about a year. What's the new high tone? Uh, did the high turn relocate? Yeah, they um, there's a section of Midtown that they're developing called Crosstown, uh, which I actually used to live right in that part of town. And it's sort of become it's in the next couple of years it's going to become a cool you know art district and people moving there and uh, so they're 
they jumped over there and they got right in the ground floor. Okay, and is the pretty, size pretty cool little place? That's good to hear. I like the old high tone. High tone, rather, is the new high tone. The old high tone, you know, was uh, Elvis Presley's uh, dojo. Yeah, that's where he did kung fu. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's I know. True. I know you're not kidding. I'm just picturing him in his thinnest in his suit <laughs> in his cotton. Right. That yeah, was know. always the cool thing about the old high tone is like, you know, Elvis. Was in that room, dog doing kung fu. <laughs> hey, Trip, can I ask you a question? Are you are you of Memphis? Are you, are you born and bred in Memphis? Are you from pretty much? Yeah, I'm, okay. I, I was born in Huntsville, and I moved. Here, my family moved here when I was four. Oh, fair enough. I'm pretty much lived here ever since then. Okay, so here's my question. I, I'm from Hoboken, New Jersey, and I'm wondering if people revere uh, Elvis as they do in Hoboken, where I'm pretty much done. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear uh, about Frank Sinatra. No, I, I, you don't. You don't hear Elvis on the radio all the time down here anymore. Uh, there's not really any radio stations that would play Elvis. Um, it is more of a touristy thing. I think everyone else in the world probably loves Elvis. I mean, I'm, I like Elvis. He's cool. Um, but I, I've never been to Graceland. I went to Graceland when I was when we first moved here when I was five years old, and back then you just walk up the driveway. See, and he might come out and get the paper or something. See, I wonder what uh, the comparison was between. But I've never taken. The, I've never taken a tour of Graceland. Okay, and I wondered what the comparison was where uh, Elvis is revered in Memphis versus where I'm from in Hoboken is Sinatra, where it's. <laughs> well, he's a hometown hero. Well, yeah. I mean, I he's kind did, of important but... to rock and roll, so it's kind of hard to not be, you know, proud of your. You know, I like he's Elvis. Cool. What the hell's your problem? I think Elvis is a pretty cool guy. Yeah. Okay. What's wrong with Elvis? Nothing against him. Nothing wrong with Elvis. I don't sit around and listen to him all the time. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna slip into his gi and kick your ass. <laughs> his gi. Oh, God. He's at gonna, the high tone, getting roundhouse. I'm, at the I'm high thinking tone. stick fighting oh, today. Oh my goodness! Stick fighting. It's always good when I, it's always good when I hear it. Oh my uh, goodness. Yeah. When it I comes on, the, you're like, I, oh, I forgot about Elvis. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. What is the story of Elvis meeting Led Zeppelin? I don't think I'm gonna go beat up the Beatles. It's in Hammer of the Gods. Um, uh, like John Paul Jones and Peter Grant met Elvis, and they, they may not have been in Graceland. It may have been like his house in Los Angeles or something. But uh, Peter Grant and John Paul Jones walked in to, to meet Elvis, and Elvis was sitting around with his crew with the Mafia, Memphis Mafia, and they're all sitting around watching TV. And Peter Grant was like, What? You guys are just sitting around watching TV? What the fuck is this? Uh-huh. Uh, and Elvis jumped up and he's like, Hey, man, what's with all this cussing? <laughs> and he started he started sparring with Peter Grant, and so like he and Peter Grant like kind of went at each other for a little bit, and then he was like, "Oh, you guys are cool. You want to watch? You guys want some watches?" <laughs> <laughs> but just the, just the uh, image of Peter Grant and Elvis Presley like sparring with each other, he's probably in his a little robe or something. That's awesome. The uh, yeah, go um, trip. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, Oh, I wanted to ask you one more thing. I ask this of everyone. It's a really stupid question. Sometimes I get an answer. Who's the biggest asshole in rock and roll you've ever met? <laughs> Come on. Do oh, it. man. Do it. Uh, uh, you're taxing my memory. I'm old and kind of drunk. <laughs> Henry Rollins? Dave Grohl? Um, was it Dave Grohl? It's I, Dave Grohl, isn't it? I never met Henry Rollins. Actually, I heard Henry Rollins was pretty cool. Scott has a Henry Rollins story. Um, biggest asshole. Biggest asshole. Um, Is it Phil Spector? Lou Barlow. I, 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 <laughs> who? 
<laughs> Who Barlow? <laughs> no, it was pretty cool. Um, no, I, I know we like all those. All I, all I can think, all I can think of is hanging out with uh, Red Red Meat one time. We were from Chicago, and Tim Ritelli was telling us the story of. I, I'm going to get him into trouble. Portron he was telling us the story of of, hang, of doing a show with Smashing Pumpkins. And before Smashing Pumpkins went on the stage, Billy Corgan looked real bummed out. And Tim started to walk up to say, like, hey, man, are you okay? Yeah. And one of the security crew grabbed Tim and said, like, don't interfere with Mr. Corrigan's pain. Oh! <laughs> that is gold. That is so bad. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. That guy is Elvis. He turned into Elvis. You know he's yeah. doing stick fighting in some, in some dojo right now. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> I do. I love hearing stupid crap like that. It it it, it, it makes me happy. <laughs> the story's great. The dude, give, the dude ain't. Don't Should interfere we? with Mr. Corgan's pain. Oh, did he just hang up on us? Hello? Hello? Oh, lost shit. Him. We lost breath. Him. We lost him. Oh, well. Oh, trip. Trip. The Grifters will be appearing on uh, November 7th and 8th. Uh, yeah, in Glasslands and Mercury Lounge. Trip. <laughs> What happened? I Trip. hope he didn't hang up uh, on purpose. Call Trip. back. Uh, Trip also has his own uh, page with his uh, with his artwork up. Oh, shit. <laughs> Which is a... Uh, What's God. the... You know, have that website, Pat? I think it's Trip-Lamp and stuff. All right. <laughs> Maybe his phone ran out of power. Billy Corgan just fucking jammed his cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Corgan's people got a hold of him. He's got towers on the mountains <laughs> just, around his just, house. Yeah, somebody just burst into that room like that bowling drop. Oh, man. You have uh, trips... Uh, just text that guy and tell him everything's cool. <laughs> Fuck. He just got pinched by the Memphis Mafia. Shit. Wait, hold on a second. Watch, watch me call him. Uh, give a fuck. I know we have to take a break in like five minutes. Yeah. Hold on a second. Where's his number? <laughs> there it is. You try this. Nobody listen. Oh, don't listen to that. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Calling him back. Star, si- Star 69 is ass. I just want him to know that I didn't hang up on him. No. Let's leave, let's leave my voicemail. Hi, you've reached Trip at the Grifters.net. Hi, this is Billy Corgan. <laughs> the world is a... This person cannot be reached at the moment. Please leave a message Shit. after the tone. After Wait. you leave a message, Play you can voice. modify it by pressing pound. I'm going to leave a message. Let's modify this. Hello, uh, so I just want a trip if you're listening. I just wanted, uh, I'm leaving you a message. It's John Hulin of Live from the Barrage. I just want you to know that we didn't hang up on you. I'm not sure what happened there. Thanks. Call back. Later. Love you. Love you. <laughs> see you in the weekend. Hmm. See you in the, see you at Cash Club. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a Tumblr. It's Trip Lampkins. Yo, Trip. T-R-I-P-P-L-A-M-K-I-N-S hyphen com dot tumblr dot com Lamykins. that's easy Why, uh, you know if I was you I would just google DRI yeah do that too google trips art and you'll find that website also go see the grifters November 7th and November 8th in New York City and uh, we're all happy to go see that that's gonna be amazing it's gonna totes, be tremendous totes it's gonna be fun I, I, my next question was wipe standing up I know that's what I was gonna say we're gonna hit him with the battery <laughs> and I needed a station ID oh well could probably get it we'll get it in person post hmm. post show hey, you wanna take a break Yes, I do. All right. Hold on. All right. <laughs> or we can just, we can just harass the shit out of this guy here. I'm get him again. Getting desperate. Dude, John B. Billy. No, I just wanted I just wanted to know that like I didn't hang up on him. Leave I a message as Billy Corgan saying that you shut down his operation. <laughs> Hello? 
Hi, Trip. Hey. Sorry, this is John again. I, I just want you to know that I didn't hang up on you. I'm not sure what happened there. Oh, I don't, I don't know what happened either. Oh, okay, man. <laughs> All right, it's okay because the interview's over. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I did saw you around a little too long. I really uh, appreciate you calling in, and uh, thanks so much. Yeah, it was fun. All right, man. Good luck. I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you guys when uh, you play New York station ID. I look forward to it. Oh, should we ask? Could you give uh, us a quick station ID? Be like, hey, this is Trip from the Grifters or whatever. You're listening to live from the Barrage. Sure. Thanks, man. Hit it. Some, yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, you're on. Fuck it. Hey, this is Trip from the Grifters. You're listening to Live from the Barrage. Perfect. Thank you so That's much. Fun. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, All right, man. See nice, you the weekend. Nice talking to you. Yeah. All right. Later. There and he a goes. Fortnite. I can't leave it like that. Yeah. Darling of a man. <laughs> yeah. What a nice guy. I can't. You know. What the hell? You gotta call him back. Got it. Got it. You want to take a break, here, dude? Yeah, I think it's yeah, a good idea. Sure. We, we got 10 minutes before we got Dan Lilker of many, many metal bands All right, coming I'm up. sorry. Before, uh, I was playing Jacques' band, The Family Ghost, another Memphis band, and it got cut off because uh, Trip called in, and I will play that now. We'll play some uh, SOD, some Anthrax, some we don't care. We'll play some Nuclear Assault. And Nuke. at 10 p.m., in 10 minutes, we'll be talking to Dan Lilker, another, another bass player at a long line of legendary bassists here on Live from the Bronx. Bass player week. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. You we'll got be back. You got music? After this, yeah. Strap in. Here comes another six hours of Live from the Barrage.
Hello, Dan. Yeah, how's hey, it going? Hey, Danny, how's it going, man? It's John Hulan from Live from the Barrage. Thanks so much for calling. We appreciate it. What's up, Dan? All right, no problem, dude. What's up, Dan? This is Mike Hairdo here. What's going on, brother? <laughs> Not much, dude. How's it going on? How's it going? Good, it's going. Man. We're talking about with Dan Looker from uh, SOD, Anthrax, a Nuclear Assault, among many other projects. He's uh, you, a local you, boy, you a want, Bayside guy, and uh, we're happy to have him. You want me to run the list? Hold on. Yeah, Dan Looker of, list. <laughs> of, of Extra Hot Sauce, Anthrax, Nuclear Assault, <laughs> SOD, Brutal Truth, The Ravenous, Blurring, Crucifist, Evil Wrath, Nocturnal Hellstorm, non, Nunfuck Ritual, uh, <laughs> United it. Forces, and Venomous Concept. And if I'm sure I've missed some along the way. <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. Is that accurate, well, Dan? Did we miss anything? I don't think you missed that much. And uh, now I know what I can curse on here, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can curse all you like. Uh, we're on the internet. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. It's hats off to Larry. Well, it's hats off to Larry, as they say. We're in Queens, and you're from Queens originally. Uh, you've been known, uh, all my friends say they've seen you walking around Bayside all the time. And we have a running back going here trying to figure out which high school you went to. Bayside. Bayside would be correct. Bayside, uh-huh. I, I win. Uh-huh. That's where my mom went to high school. Hey, Dan, did you by chance? Oh, cool. <laughs> did you by chance go to PS thirty one for for grade school when you were little? No, I didn't. I went to PS forty one. Okay, I went to PS. That was. Uh, I forgot what thirty one is because I haven't been a resident of Queens since two thousand two. But I went to school at Thirty uh, Fifth Avenue and. Uh, Oh, this would have been 214th Street over there. Ah, 35th and 214th right Street. Right by Crocher and Park, right? <laughs> yeah. Crocher and Park. Pretty Parks. much. Yeah. You hang out That's at Blossoms? It. Where? No. <laughs> Blossoms. Did you, go, did you go to the Peter Pan's Arcade? Oh, that just uh, Everybody. I went. did when I, was, when I was a youngster. Sorry, when you guys talk at the same time, it kind of uh, Sorry. blocked up the thing here. But yes, when I was a... Uh, Teenager with nothing better to do before I got into a lot of musical endeavors. Then, yeah, I hung out and played pinball like other kids who just hung out. Sure. Well, I guess I guess since we're talking neighborhood stuff, I'm going to ask you this. This is all neighborhood related for, your, for the first couple of questions. Keep it smooth and easy. Uh, what, what theater did you see Star Wars in? I saw Star Wars at the RKO Keith. I knew Jersey. it. I knew uh, it. I was there as well. The RKO Keats by Main Street? That's yeah, it was the one that's, I don't know if it's there anymore, I don't think. But no. Yeah, it was, uh, it's still Morgan, there. Morgan, right where... It's, yeah, I think it's right where Main Street with a dead end over there. Exactly. Right, right on Northern Boulevard. Right, it's still there, but some chooch bought it, and it's just sitting there like in, in, in disarray. It's horrible. That was a beautiful movie. Oh, uh, He's trying to let it, yeah. it... It's been landmarked, and he's trying to uh, let it uh, weather enough so that it collapses in on itself, and he can build them yeah. all. Yeah. Awesome. And then I guess uh, we'll keep it more neighborhood for a minute. Uh, if rounding up to the nearest 10, how many nights would you say you spent in Jack in the Box on Northern Boulevard and 156th Street? <laughs> what, like sleeping over? <laughs> it's Tuesday. What's that? I went there on top of Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course. It sounds like a trick question or something. No, no, no. No, we, we, we pretty much grew up in there ourselves, we so we, we know it well. Yeah, Dan, would you, agree, sure. would you agree that the Northern Boulevard, White Castle, Northern, and Bell is the penultimate White Castle? Second to last? Uh, 
I would suppose so, man. Every white castle will give you the same intestinal reaction later, but uh, <laughs> that one was good out of convenience. Sometimes I'd come home from drinking in the city with my friends, and instead of, if it was a nice night, instead of turning north and walking home toward the Bay Terrace direction, mm-hmm. I would go down there first <laughs> Very and uh, grab a few murder burgers. Where do you live now, Dan? You moved out of uh, Bayside, and now where, where are you living? I live in Rochester, New York, which is a hell of a long way from Bayside for one yeah. state. Yeah. About 350 miles, so. I have a Rochester-related question for you, actually, since we're doing local <laughs> shit here. Um, what's the best part about living in Rochester, and how do you order your garbage plate? Ah, the best part about living in Rochester is that it's much more low-key than New York. I mean, it's a, I have to give you a kind of multiple answer under best. Um, the cost of living is cheaper. People are nicer. It's more mellow, and I think garbage plates are disgusting, so I don't order them. <laughs> What's a garbage plate? I don't want to get into yeah, it. Right. Let's, let's yeah, not do yeah, that. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. For People those in the chat box now. For, for those listening, what is a garbage plate, please? Well, I'm going to have to do some homework, to be honest with you. I'm uh, sure there's a Wikipedia for it, but basically it's um, everything on one plate. Um, you can, it can be based with like hot dogs or burgers and it has a bunch of mac salads thrown on it and um, it originated because sold hungry soldiers who didn't have a lot of time to eat in the mess hall were given this one place so they could eat and get a whole bunch of sustenance without having to have a basically just scarf a whole bunch of stuff down and that's where it came from so it's like and suing. now it's it's now getting, it's now Degenerated into just uh, jock junk food. <laughs> jock junk food. Well, I like that. Um, I guess yeah. back to Queens, or even I guess say this could be a Rochester slash Queens question. Um, what do you prefer, regular or Sicilian slice? Uh, regular, definitely. Uh, this guy at the Were you? In- you know he's in a band. Yeah, I'm getting get to that. I'm getting all that. We're building up to it. Yeah. Hey, Dan, do you by chance remember George's Pizzeria on Bell Boulevard? <laughs> they had a mean Sicilian. It was all right. I like the VIP Sicilian. It's all right. Myself, I'm Bell. Sight. Yeah. Yeah, crazy that uh, VIP is good. I went to Jack's Pizza in Bay Terrace. I didn't live in Bay Terrace, but I lived right next to the shopping center. On, uh, mm-hmm. Basically around 26th and Bell, so. I uh, took him to that area. So I was a Jack's Pizza proponent. And I like pizza, pizza when I was uh, stopping before I was getting into all those going to city. Awesome. Right. Little did I know, I was on Bell and 46th. So close. Brian uh-huh. grew up on Bell and 46th Avenue over there by Blossoms and Jimmy's Comedy. Oh, that's right. By the that's what CS31 is. That's right. Uh-huh. I don't know anything about Blossoms, man. I can't send pictures up there and they made a mean dumpling. <laughs> we had the uh, what was it the pyramid was that too? No, well, that is a pretty unique interview. <laughs> Face side. Uh, okay, well we're we're gonna get to music now, so yeah. All right, I guess uh, like, okay. I have a bunch of questions for you here. Well, I I haven't none of them are really music related though. Uh, <laughs> a lot of them were just like you know common common bullshit questions. Um, I guess. Well, That's you know, cool. you're you're retiring this year, I, I believe. If, if that, if I've read the internet correctly, uh, did you play your last show on your fiftieth birthday? That whole retirement thing was 
it's not really going to happen. I'm stopping Brutal Truth because that's the only band where I had the confident obligation of recording and touring in a band that, I mean, I'm in bands here, like wearing a National Health song, but we're just local bands. Right. And not that we don't take them completely seriously, but it's not the kind of bands that are going to be taking the world by storm just because it's a different thing. You know, people have jobs and stuff like that. Right, of course. And there is going to be some nuclear solve activity next year, but that's going to be limited to recording a record just because the last one was pretty bad and you don't want to end on that note, and then doing some shows, but that's not going to go on because to do the truth, we came back in like 2006 and we just called it a day eight years later. Which, right. ironically enough, is the amount of time we were around the first time. Was your but, last... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, when I say I'm retiring, everybody I know that's in bands texts me and emails me like, hey, dude, you want to do this tour? Or, hey, man, you want to start to play on the record? And, you know, do this and that. Because they're like, oh, Dan's not doing nothing. He's retired. So, <laughs> it's, cool. uh, it's, I'm not complaining, but it's not working out. Was the last show, the Brutal, Brutal Truth last show, was that at the Obscene Extreme Festival out in uh, Trutnov? That was the last European show, so good whole book there. Oh, well, thanks. But we have since played one show in the States in Denver, and then we just played some shows in Brazil. And the very last thing we're already doing is over Thanksgiving in Japan, a show with Brutal Truth, uh, that's us. Oh, Napalm nice. Death, Brutal Truth, and SOD. So that should be really not just. SOD, like you're getting Scott and Charlie and Billy? No, no, no. Oh. No, SOB. Oh, SOB. Oh, sorry, uh, sorry. So what do you got to pull triple duty and play all three sets? That's right. I'm not, I'm not an SOB, man. That's a <laughs> Japanese man. <laughs> so you got to play two sets? No. I'm not a Napalm Death. <laughs> oh, I thought said, I'm sorry. I thought you said nuclear assault. My nuke. apologies. We call him Nuke, excuse me. Oh, that's okay, man. What are you guys smoking over there? <laughs> what are you smoking? Chris Woody's uh, wants to know where is the best place to get tray bags. Are you still smoking? I'm still smoking. I had a hard day at work, so I'm not doing the effects of smoking right now. Uh, what, um, you, what kind of job do you have? What do you uh, do? I unfortunately have to work at a party supply store. Party supply store. And now all that anthrax money is gone. And, that, and you're, are you pissed off? Neil Turbins, did he fire you behind your back? First of all, there wasn't a hell of a lot of anthrax money that came in just in drabs. And second of all, Neil Turbin, he didn't really fire me behind my back because he's the one who called me up and told me I was out of the band. He right. just hadn't checked with everybody else in the band that it was cool to do that yet. Yeah. And, well, I was a little surprised at first, but then I said, fuck it, I'll just call my own band. And that's how Nuclear Assault came around. So there you go. Right. I mean, you, 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 uh, it's, it's unusual for someone to be in like four or five really popular bands and you've done it I well yeah most people you get a band like Slayer where you know those guys have been in one band people know for as long as they've been around but uh maybe some of it's my attention span you know I got bored with Thrash in the early 90s I wanted to play Grind so I moved on and it was truth you know uh, we did well too but um, I'll take that as a compliment thanks well, you know, I, actually, I have a question from Spike Cassidy from DRI. I spoke to him this morning or this afternoon about something else, and I told him we were doing this tonight, and he said, oh, I have a couple of questions, and I will read them as it's only pretty much one with a follow-up. Uh, actually, there's two questions. The first question okay. was, what was the highest number of bands you played in at the same time, and which was the most enjoyable? Ooh. 
most number of times I put in the same time. Not currently. That might even be right now because nuclear assault is starting to do stuff. So I'm writing stuff for that. Real nice. truth is still around. I'm a nocturnal health form in the blurring here. I play in venomous concepts. Once in a while, I guess the blocker. But at least for right now, I'm in five bands. So that's a decent amount at once. Five. Um, yeah, five you know, bands that aren't just a project, bands that are actually functional. Nocturnal health form is a show Tuesday, the goat lord here. When do you guys so, uh, find, find time to practice? You're in five bands. It's, it's so much. Yeah, but they don't. Well, Brutal Truth only practices wherever we are right before we play because we all live in different cities. So when we went to Brazil earlier this month, we had an ultra-long sound check that was prearranged. <laughs> With the lo- local bands I'm in, it's just there's seven days in the week, and one night with one band, one night with the other band. And uh, Nuclear Assault, it's another regional thing where we have to make arrangements to practice, and some of the dudes are going to fly up here to Rochester because our current guitar player, Eric, lives here in Rochester, too. So and we have rehearsal spaces. So um, John and Glenn are going to come up in early December, and we're going to start writing and rehearsing. So it just matters. It's uh, different bands. It's different shit that work. And I guess another follow-up question from Spike was, what record or song has your most proudest bass tracks? Oh, boy. Yeah, he really hit that, deep. He went deep on the on the questions. <laughs> I know they're good questions. And I want to answer them right for my old friend Spike. Uh, oh, I suppose I would say the SOD album only because that was kind of like groundbreaking as far as having distorted bass on a metal album and having songs that started to here and there with bass breaks stuff that was at the time unheard of. So it's maybe not my best playing, but it's more something where it was revolutionary. So I'll say that, even though it's a generic answer. I mean, I'm actually quite proud of the new Nocturnal Health Song record that nobody's going to hear until January. Because it sounds like real black metal from 20 years ago, not all this hipster shit. Uh, right. Not this uh, hipster doom metal, uh, stoner metal stuff that's out now. Yeah, well, that, that SOD record, I have to say, it does hold up to this day. So... That's an accomplishment. And uh, well, where do you, well where do you rank fistful of medals? That's that's a, my friends think it's the greatest uh, Anthrax album there ever was. Oh, thanks. Um, that is a, that's definitely a good record. I don't know how much bass is on there mix wise, but um, <laughs> I'm proud of what I did on there too. Of course. I, I actually, you said something interesting about distortion, and it was. Oh, I have a follow up question for that. Was what distortion pedal were you using back on the SOD record? Like the Boss Heavy Metal, or were you using something else? I I borrowed Scott's guitar pedal, which at the time was it's no longer made. Actually, by made by a Danish company called TC Electronic, and. I cannot remember the actual model, you know, like whatever, a bunch of letters or numbers or something like that. But it was black and it had the red at the top of the knobs. Okay. And I used that. And it's not just that. It was that in conjunction with playing really loud through an amp. Because the magic about that bass sound is the combination of a nice killer tone from the pedal and all the volume going through the speakers. That was my stuff. So... 
and you're crushing a lot of air too. Mm-hmm. You can have the most killer distortion pedal, but if you're not cranking it, you're not getting the uh, the oomph, the, the low end of it. Did you right. go through four fifteens like Lemmy or something, or what? Like, how did you do that? I believe I played through the house acoustic amp. Now, acoustic's an old company that yeah. used to make that. Yes, so we have a head right here. Pedal. So I just uh, basically with a pedal like that, all you got to, all you need is something like an SVT, something real loud to crank through. Although I shouldn't say that because I'm endorsed by Warwick. So all you need is a Warwick rig and that pedal, and that's where I get my shit from. You're endorsed by whom? Warwick, W-A-R-W-I-C-K, a German company. Oh, like the upstate like, town, Warwick. Yeah, Warwick. Yeah, like Warwick. So, yeah, and uh, I use their faces and amps. Well, I don't use their amps when I'm on the road because I can't bring them with me, but yeah. I always spray my Warwick. Awesome. Uh, I had a, a Bruce Wingate. Do you know this guy? He asked me to ask you a question about Adrenaline OD. Uh, do you remember that band? Sure. <laughs> There was an article with Charlie uh, Benante that came out where he was interviewed, and uh, he ad- he admits that uh, you guys in SOD took a lot from Adrenaline OD. Uh, how do you respond to that? Well, we were influenced by a lot of like, the hardcore bands that were around in the New York, New Jersey area, and AOD certainly appealed to us because they played really fast and they were funny. So right. I would definitely say that there was certainly an Adrenaline OD influence, no doubt. No, and, uh... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, please, sir. No, I was just going to say that uh, it certainly wasn't just from AOD, but I mean, we were into a lot of hardcore and a lot of metal, and we took all that and combined it, but AOD was certainly one of the influences. There's no doubt about that. Well, when you talk about comedy in, in bands, and, like, obviously, SOD's hilarious and, uh, but there are people who say that, you know, some of the uh, the uh, songs are kind of, you could be construed as racist, sexist, all that stuff. Was that all a joke or did you guys like, uh, you know, what was the feeling behind it? Like, oh, people will get it or, or they won't or is, you know, Billy Milano just a nut? Um, it was pretty much like a sociological experiment, some of that stuff. I mean, yes. We didn't, we didn't mean the stuff like speaking with your die the way we said it. It was, although I have to admit, it was a completely exaggerated sentiment from just the frustration that we might have if they can't speak to somebody who can't speak English, if it's their job to do that, where if you you're like going, God damn it, speak English or die, but you would never say that because it's fucking mean. Right. <laughs> but he took that he took that and exaggerated to the point where it was satirical. Damn but right. um no, I mean uh the sociological experiment part was also because back then people in the hardcore scene, like from West Coast bands and magazines, they were always capping on New York and agnostic front and calling them fascists and Nazis. So we were like, let's see what happens if we come out with this shit. And of course, they all took the bait. And, but no, that was just more like writing lyrics and crapping up and going, oh man, people are going to fucking freak out when they hear that. All right, you're throwing a bunch That's of cool. stuff into the mix and seeing how people react. I understand that. Dan, we're having a real hard time uh, making you out. Can, can you, like, adjust the way you're holding your phone? 
How's that? Is that better? Better, that's, that's yeah. Much infinitely oh, better. Thank Thank you. Better. Oh, infinitely sure. better. Thank that's you. good. Thanks, mm-hmm. man. Thanks, Pat. Sorry about that. Yeah, I'll right. keep it closer to the mouth. Perfect. Thank you. Speak right into that microphone, as I tell Tommy Rockstar every day. Hey. Uh, Bruce also asks if you remember playing a show in Philly with Harvard Sid Fisher when he was your musical director. I don't know what this means. But... That was a very interesting show. Little Truth played with some pretty interesting acts that were non-metal, but I think a lounge singer was definitely uh, top that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, it was just... Uh, Little truth to play with anybody. We thought it was interesting. And um, I barely remember that, but I do have a recollection of it. And uh, I'm glad he remembered that because that was certainly a unique experience in the annals of Little Truth history, considering usually we're playing with grind bands and hardcore bands and metal bands. But we had that kind of experimental streak to us where uh, we would do shit that would be interesting and extreme and see what it's like, you know, playing with a dude like that, seeing what our fans thought or anybody who had to wander in would think. And uh, that just kept it interesting, you know? Before, uh, I'm sorry, my friend Woody, who's a huge metal fanatic, uh, asked this question. Before heavy metal, what kind of hard rock were you jamming to? Aerosmith, Nugent, Deep Purple? What were you into, like, before you got into the metal? Yeah, stuff like that. Um... Van Halen, Led Zeppelin. I mean, we draw the line at Sabbath because that's when you go into what's known as, you know, metal. Right. But I know sure. Milano was really into UFO. Were you guys big on the UFO also? Yeah. I mean, we all we considered UFO kind of the beginnings of that whole new wave of British heavy metal thing, even though they were more like a hard rock band. Mm-hmm. But from that came a lot of stuff, you know, in England. With, well, that's. I'm sorry, I'm digressing. But, uh, yeah, I don't UFO. The more you talk, the less we have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, you know, back to some of these old do you remember questions. Um, do you remember at the SOD beach party at the Rising Sun in Yonkers with Overkill in October 85? And do you remember playing Suicidal's War Inside My Head as an unprovoked, an unplanned encore? Like, how did that happen? Uh, I can't remember specific details. Yeah, about an guys in a thousand bands. How's he supposed to remember that? It, it was an audience question, and I read it. That's all. So that's that's, right. that's off the list. I'm not now. getting down on you, sir. Okay. Um, I, and some of the other questions, I guess, uh, were back in the day. Where were you buying your Venom import albums? <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, flip disc in the music box. Okay, slip disc. Ah, slip lovely disc place, discs. man. There I've seen go. so many in stores or gone to so many in stores mm-hmm. there. I probably even met you there when I was a young, young boy. Mm-hmm. How did, you know, you've sold five million records worldwide. Have you tallied this up? Is that something you saw on Wikipedia? Oh, I don't Maybe. know. No, someone sent me this uh, fact. I don't know if it's true or not. Why? Is that not true? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I sold that many records, man. I mean, it's. It could be possible, but I don't know who would be able to do that addition who has all those statements for all that shit. Are so, you calling the people at Nielsen SoundScan liars? <laughs> <laughs> no. Right, I'm just kidding. Uh, How many of those are cassette tapes, I think? <laughs> yeah. A lot of cassettes. I don't know, but um, 
let's just pretend that I did sell five million records. What, what was the question? <laughs> just there, what, there is no question. The question was, how many do you think were cassettes versus CDs and vinyl? That, it's a dumb question. Yeah. Dan, oh. I, Dan, I remember there was a time. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I remember there was a time uh, where there was a question in the metal scene where if you're into thrash, you were either into uh, out here, you're into overkill versus on the West Coast where it was Exodus. And us out here in the New York and New Jersey area, we were like, well, no way, we're nuclear assault. Do you remember the metal militia and all that stuff? Sure, sure. Yeah, those were good times. And uh, what's going on with nuclear assault these days? Well, we are going to be doing some shows next year. We've got some stuff that we're in the process of booking for Europe, and then there'll be some South American stuff we're working out as far as the states. We're uh, looking into all that because that's easier, but it wouldn't be like a big tour. It would just be kind of like uh, just strategic weekends, yeah. bombings and shit. And besides that, as I mentioned before, we're going to put out one more record because I thought the Third World Genocide record we released in 2005 was not very good, and I don't want to end the new consultory on a so-so record. So, man, you I must really hate that record. Where? Yeah, we look yeah. forward to hearing what you got. I, 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 I really, you were really that unhappy with it. I can't hear. What did you guys say? This all time at once. You were really that unhappy with that record. Uh, yeah, it could have been better. It wasn't completely awful, but it wasn't, it was just, I don't know. We talk about Max Hedger. There wasn't enough speed on it. There'll be more speed on this one. Uh, Good. Well, if you're you're that amped about it, I'm looking forward to hearing it. I would think Something Wicked was your most hated album, but that's just me. Well, I didn't play on it, so... That's, that's why. I, you know. <laughs> I picked that one as the shittiest yeah. of them all. Well, yeah, I'm not going to comment on that because I didn't play on it, and I'm not going to uh, talk shit about it, except to say that, yeah, it's not very good, is it? No, no, it's definitely not. <laughs> and, and we won't be playing anything off of that either. And, we, and, and now I know we'll stay away from Third World Genocide, although I think everything I was going to play off of was going to be game over and handled with care. Talking to Dan Loker of uh, SOD, Anthrax, Nuclear Assault, among others. Ryan, you had a question about Ken Kushner? Hey, uh, Dan, we, had a, we used to have a poker player here named uh, Ken Kushner that uh, uh, swore that he was a member, an early member of Anthrax. Is there any validity to this statement? Oh, <laughs> uh, that is true. Please say something bad about Kenny Kushner so I can uh, yell, yell at him next time That's he comes true. to play poker. It's true, he said. <laughs> wow. Guy's a jerk, right? See, we thought... Yeah, he was a cool guy. He was just, uh, that was a very early incarnation of that. Son of was just neighborhood kids. It eventually evolved into something more where, you know, um, we took it more seriously and went in a heavier direction. But... At the time that Kenny was in the band, it was just, uh, um, he was more into kind of like poppy stuff. So this was before we kind of got thrashy. It was oh. just more kind of like regular rock metal. Because that's what we were doing in 1982, you know? So Right. 
I what, get, whatever you did to your phone just there, just don't move. <laughs> that's, that sounds great. Yeah, sounds good now. Um, I, well, I guess speaking of early incarnations of anthrax, I didn't know until I started researching a little more today, which I thought I knew everything, um, John Connolly was an anthrax at some point? He was at the very beginning as just the vocalist. Oh, wow. Who's John Connolly here? Yeah. He's uh, he's the, he's a vocalist for uh, Nuclear Assault, and oh. and he happens to and Tony Foresta from Municipal Waste sounds just like him. It's freaky as hell. Yeah, well, Tony uh, is definitely influenced by him and Kurt Brecht, I would say for sure. Who I have to and room, have room with all the that's time. A good thing. Um, but um, no, that's cool. He's got good influences, and he fucking does it great. No, no, that's awesome. Oh, we, oh, we love Municipal Waste. I mean, you know, as as a touring group with DRI or whatever. And uh, but I, I had no, I had no idea that John Connolly was ever a member of Anthrax. I didn't, you know, I obviously didn't play on a record or anything, but I just didn't even know he was in the group. Did uh, Woody ask? Uh, did Nuclear Assault ever turn down any shows? Because it seemed like whenever any when somebody would cancel, you guys would always be there. Like you just like wanted to play shows. Is that any truth to that? Uh not that I can remember. I mean, uh, at the time, before we went on tour, we tried to play out as much as possible to promote the band. And then once we were like, you know, quote unquote, a well-known band who was out touring and everything like that, then you just book tours and you didn't cancel a tour when it was booked because that's not cool. Right. So, uh, yeah, you try to be, you know, professional, whatever the fuck that means. But it means basically that... If you say you're going to play somewhere, you'd be there, so you don't disappoint people. Right. I mean, it's, uh, unless, you know, whatever, some fucking tragedy happens. But besides that, then, uh, yeah, you're there to play, and you fucking show up and do it. Awesome. Why don't you move back to Bayside and hang out with us? What are you doing up there, <laughs> Rochester? What's that? Bayside's God's like country. <laughs> what do you think about Dave Mustaine and his his uh, Christian stuff and not playing with the other Christian band? Uh, everybody's got a right to believe in what they want. And I know I've said stuff in the past about Dave because I got mad that he was uh, kicking occult metal bands off festivals and shows. He doesn't want to play but, with uh, Rotting Christ. What? <laughs> he doesn't want to play with bands like Rotting Christ, you know? Well, uh... Because that's the opposite of, of what Christians think. You know, Rotting Christ <laughs> is pretty bad. If you're a Christian and you see a band named called Rotting Christ, you're probably, like, turned off yeah. immediately, yeah, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah. I away. Hate God is another one. Run away! Well, um, Rotting Christ might sound like an offensive name, but the dude was crucified, and uh, I don't know how long it took to cut him down. He might have rotted for a while. Touche! This man knows his shit. You never know how long. You know, he's pretty rotting right now. <laughs> right. I, I mean, well, no. I'm, I think he's long gone, but... Uh, um. It's just kind of funny because when people get religion, then all of a sudden they seem to get extremely judgmental, and religion kind of gives you uh, an excuse for that. And they right. became an evangelical, and that is one of the most judgmental sects of Christianity. They don't think that they're doing their job for God unless they're walking around trying to convert people. Amen, brother. I find offensive. I'm, I find because, offensive. Uh, I know what I am, and I know what I'm not. I know what I want to be, and I know what I don't want to be. And I'm 50 years old. I'm not going to fucking change now and all of a sudden say, oh, shit, I'm going to be dead soon. I better start playing nice. Yeah. It's too fucking late. Too late. 
Bullshit. Yeah, man. If I'm going to hell, I got a first-class ticket, so fuck <laughs> it. Yeah, but at least you'll be a VIP when you get there. <laughs> they need a yeah, base. I'll be one of the dudes. I'll have a pitchfork. If you believe in there. Uh, I have, uh, I guess... Well, okay, go ahead. I'm an atheist. Yes, likewise. Myself included. Yep. Uh, I have a question. It's, this may not, may or may not fly. Who is the biggest pain in the ass to tour with? Seri- SOD, Nuclear Assault, <laughs> any of the other bands? Oh, is it you? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, feeling awkward. It's certainly not me. I knew um, that. I'm pretty That's chill. Not... You seem pretty easy going. Uh, yeah. Um. I don't know, man, because then I'm going to have to talk shit about people. Yeah, you know, we're not posting it to Blabbermouth. This is never going to go anywhere but yeah. our podcast and yeah. keep it amongst our friends and fans. And also, no names you know, no names included. You could just talk oh, freely. Names. Yeah, no it could just, it could just be a story about somebody. It doesn't, you don't have to name names. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, I do. I heard that. No. Um, <laughs> he said I heard that. Yeah. Uh, mind you, John's at the drain right now. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It's just certain people in bands that fucking complain too much and take things for granted. I'm, I'm just going to say that. I'm not going to name names, but say that okay. when you are out there, when you're touring in Europe, you got to remember that there are other people that live down the street from you that have to pay to get on a plane to go to Germany or fucking Sweden, and they have to pay for hotel rooms and all that stuff. Whereas you, as a musician, are being thrown over for free, paid money to perform, and get to go to all these cool, exotic places. Yet some people I've been on tour with are like, fuck, where can I just get a cheeseburger around here? And I miss my girlfriend. And it's like, dude, you're in Finland. How many people do you know I'm from Finland? So just fucking <laughs> dude, you're in Finland. I agree. Um, so I'm, although I'm not going to name names, that would be an example of... Uh, People just not realizing how good they have it. Uh, yeah, I guess missing the girlfriend makes fucking dicks out of everybody. <laughs> what is the I name? I miss my yeah. girlfriend. What the hell's wrong with you? I've seen that a lot on the road. Ugh. Everybody misses their girlfriend. Jesus Myself included, Christ. but I don't complain about it. Right. Yeah, just keep it to yourself, man. Take it easy. Yeah. Take it easy. Really, please. <laughs> I will, I, Get over it. Well, actually, I, I got to play the Obscene Extreme Festival. Uh, so I I've, I've I spent three days out in the woods in fucking the border of Poland and the Czech Republic, and I was sweaty and smelly, and there was no air conditioning, and I wasn't complaining. I had my head in the fridge sleeping. It was great. <laughs> yeah, man. You're in Czech Republic. You get some garlic soup. It's fucking delicious. Yep. Exactly. You know. See, I, I know you know exactly what, what I'm talking about. You like about. this kind of life, like uh, touring around in a van and stuff? That's That suits you? Because I don't like it. Um... It's, it's getting a little old. That's one of the reasons for the retirement stuff. It's not really that. It's fucking being in airports and getting stuck with delayed flights and stuff like that. Right, it's, and you're sitting there playing Candy Crush or something, and you're like, hey, I'm Dan Lilkirk, for God's sakes. I should be playing <laughs> bass in hell, and I'm playing fucking Candy Crush in the airport. This is ridiculous. Well, I mean, it's just one of the necessary evils. Yeah. But then, you know... you. Got to go pay fucking $10 for a nice craft beer. And unless it's D.C., you can't even have a cigarette in the airport. Much, much much, less a fucking bomb hit. Listen, so they, they, they give you a beer and they give you like 
like a, a loose change and give you a receipt for like nine ninety eight. Get the fuck well, out of here. We, we call those when we were in Europe. We call the money shitters. We're like, you got any shitters on you? Because I don't want to have any more fucking change in my pocket. Yeah. Who gives change at yes, a bar? Sir. Stop giving change at a bar, idiot. God damn it. Thank you, Brian Musikoff. Well, you, you, you just <laughs> hey, you, no, you, I get bills. You said, something I get you said something interesting just now, Dan, and I want to ask you this question. What do you prefer? Bong, bowl, joint, soda can? Like, Ooh. what's your what's your thing? Good question. So, uh, I just prefer a nice bowl, a nice glass piece. You know, a bong's too much maintenance. You can't carry it around with you. Right. And uh, I'm not really good at rolling, so. <laughs> oh, that's so like, uh, Me too. What do you think about the bat? You, you don't carry a dugout around? I uh, actually own one of those, but I don't use it very often. The hell? I, somebody gave it to me for a present, and I, I do have it, though. I should try that again. You don't vape? <laughs> vape? Dan Loker doesn't vape, well, man. Well, the thing is, I went to Colorado in August, and then I tried on all sorts of fucking bizarre contraptions. But um, I have a friend who works at a, a smoke shop, so he gets those crazy loaded things, and those are nice, too. Nice. How was yeah, Colorado? Was the weed good? I mean, was it plentiful? Did you were you able to get your hands on it, puff it on the streets? You have to you, go to the doctor and say you have a headache or something. Eh, I have a bad back. Yeah. There you go. I don't sleep well. How's that? I had to tour with Billy Milano. Give me some pot. Puff, <laughs> puff it on the streets is my favorite MC5 record. <laughs> you still talk to Billy Milano? I'm sorry to. This interview's all over the place. I apologize, but you still you can stay in touch. You stay in touch with Billy. I talk to Billy once in a while. Yeah, you know, he's still does. He's in Austin now. How's right? he doing? What's he up to? Uh, I know he's doing MOG again, and I know that he bounces at a bar down there called Headhunters or something. Imagine and you're and in yeah, a He's still he's in a Austin. Good dude. Imagine you're in a bar and you fuck up and you get kicked out, and Billy Milano's throwing you through the window. No, no, John, here's the thing: <laughs> a lot of people don't know. What? They, don't, they don't recognize him as Billy Milano. Uh, well, okay, uh, you, John, you just brought me to a good point. Um, speaking of getting kicked out or kicked off, do you ever get so fucked up you got kicked off a plane on tour? No, I'm a very reserved drunk. I got kicked <laughs> off a plane going to Mexico <laughs> recently. It I'll sucked. drink a bunch of beer, but I'm not one of those dudes who's going to start ranting and anything like that. They, the, person, nah. the person next to me said I stunk like alcohol too much, and they removed <laughs> me from the plane, and I had to wait like three hours for another uh, because, flight. Just because of the smell. Yeah, because I stunk like a... I'm with Dan. I, I'm with Dan. I try to hide it. Like, if I'm drunk, I try to, like... Just play it down, be chill, and you know, do the best to not make a scene. I wasn't making a scene at all. I had my eyes closed. The You're next thing making I, a scene. That's bullshit. <laughs> the next thing I know, I was being tapped by a steward or stewardess, and they're like, sir, you need to get off the plane. I'm like, for what? I'm like, my luggage is on this plane, you fuck. And they took me out, and they're like... <laughs> that's a way to calm down the situation. Well, I had to put them in check. And then, uh, and next thing I know, they said, well, we're, we know you have a show to get to or whatever, or we know you have a connecting flight, so we're going to make sure you get to Houston on time. Who's, and, who's trying? Dan, wh what's the heaviest show you've seen in the early 80s? Like, what's the, what's the band that, like, kicked your ass 80, 82, 81? What do you got? That's my back. Uh, that would be around the time that Johnny Z started bringing bands like Exciter over Exciter. in Canada and stuff like See, that is before Metallica. Ain't it? Yeah, because they came out in 83 to the East Coast. What about the um, Oh, okay, go ahead. I'd, yeah, Motorhead, Exciter, Merciful Fate, stuff like that. 
Mercy. What about the Gallagher brothers from Raven? Oh yeah, yeah, Raven, sure. Before they I forgot about that. Before they like uh, you know became like the later UFO and Raven tapes are kind of bad, you know. In my opinion. Yeah, I guess they kind of fell off a but little people, bit. People, people, that people always forget about Exciter. Oh well, uh, Exciter just did some shows with Brutal Truth in Brazil. Nice. Uh, and they're still fucking amazing. It's the original lineup now. So you're <laughs> kidding, really? Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And Brutal Dan, Truth. And John and Alan. Well, actually, who who was your promoter down there? Was it Matthias? Yes, it was. I know Matthias very well. I've 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 traveled extensively with Matthias, and I love that guy. Boy, does he talk the truth. Yeah, he's great. Matthias is a really good dude. I've known that guy for like thirty fucking years almost. Him and Goldie, I love those dudes. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever have sex with Marianne from Black Lace? <laughs> no. Did you wish you could? That's a little. I always remember what the hell she looks like. <laughs> she was my old boss, man. I don't. I, I, Marianne, if, Marianne, if you ever hear this, it's hairdo here, and I had nothing to do with Listen, that. Listen, man, I gotta, move, I gotta, move, I gotta spruce up this interview, man. <laughs> Well, uh, Marianne, if you're hearing this, um, how you doing? But uh, I didn't really know you, and certainly so. I did not do anything like this or anything that was asked. Is Scotty an, an, hey, dude, an, is Scott Eden an asshole? You have to go? I understand. <laughs> no, nah, he's a cool He's a cool dude, and yes, I got to go soon. All right. But, no, no, nah, no problem. That's he, just, he just likes attention. <laughs> Any chance of you guys doing one more SOD run ever? I mean, besides him and Billy hating each other online, I mean, just s split the vans or split the bus and go out on the road for one last run? Well, it's highly unlikely, but I used to say in the mid-'90s, oh, we would never do stuff, and then we did, so then I looked wrong. So I'm going to say I really fucking doubt it, but you never know. Good. Right. That's Very fair good. enough. Fair I enough. saw you guys at Maxwell's, and boy, was that room sweaty and brutal. <laughs> oh, I remember. Yeah, that was unbelievable. It was, it was, I was there too. Harry, I was there too. It was awesome. Dan, thank you so much for calling. Do you have anything uh, you want to plug? Uh, you have a website or something like that you want to tell everybody about? No, I don't got any websites. Nice. Man. I don't give a shit about yeah. that stuff. I just uh, love when people I just, don't have anything to plug. Beautiful. Thank you. I just want to say thanks to all the metalheads listening and supporting Extreme Metal. Thank you guys for your show and keeping the shit out there. And uh, next time I happen to be in New York with the band, come on out and we'll have a beer. All right. You got it. Hey, hey, Dan, really quick, I have I have two questions. One's a question <laughs> and one is asking you to do a station ID for us. The, but the question is, and we ask every guest we ever have, when you take a deuce, do you sit or stand to wipe? Dead. Wow. Yeah. Kill that. Come on. And would you mind giving us a station ID? Like, hey, this is Dan Lilker from you name your fucking band. I don't even know what to say. And say, you know, you're listening to Live from the Barrage. Live, what is it? Live from the Barrage. We're a bar in a garage, so it's a barrage. Live from the Barrage. You Very got clever. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yeah, we're ready. All right. Hey, this is Dan Roker from Nuclear Assault, Little Truth, SOD, I'm not going to have a lot of fun blowing my phone, Dope on SC13, a bunch of other fucking bands, and you're listening live from the barrage. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you. Dan, thanks from one neighborhood guy to another. I look forward to seeing you on the road again. Me and you will have a beer. We'll talk. That's the 
And I look oh. fucking forward to it, man. This Thanks again. Greatest idea ever. Oh, greatest idea ever. Thanks oh, so much, Danny. Dad. Really appreciate okay, it. Okay, fellas. Have a good night, guys. All right, later. Thank you very much, Dan. Dan. Thank you. There he goes. That's Dan okay. Lecker. Thanks, Dan. Good night, Dan. Later. Bye. Oh, that, that rivaled amazing. an Elliot Tertron send in. <laughs> There's Dan Loker from Nuclear Assault, SOD, Anthrax, blah, 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 all those bands. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. What an interview. Unbelievable. I, was, I like Dan Loker a lot. Yeah. I like him more now. I yeah, think he's a fucking cool Actually, guy. I, I've always liked him. I mean, we we worked together on the road a couple of times. <laughs> oh, he's wow. fucking awesome. He's a neighborhood guy. He doesn't get better than that. Fine. The iPhone sucks, but... The rest of it was top notch. Yeah, sure. we, you know, we tried. His phone connection wasn't the best. We did the best we could, and uh, I, I, you know, hey man, hey, we just spoke to Dan Loker and Metal Trip Rendezvous and, and Trip from the Grifters <laughs> and Doctor Kate. I mean, we've done a lot tonight already. We've done a lot. We've done a lot. Let's take a quick, so, really. Quick so unfortunately, break. we have no time for Tommy Rockstar news. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Good night, I, everyone. I will, uh, was it Dan Lilkers? <laughs> hey, John, I'll take this music break. Uh, yes, please do. And uh, we'll be back uh, with the uh, quick, maybe the Ryan game, maybe a quick news segment, and uh, as fast as we can. Yep. And we'll be back after these words from our sponsor. Check me up.
name, it doesn't matter. She went away with another, another guy. Now you look at her. It's hats off to Larry here, everybody. Let's do it. Harmonize. Hey, Ryan, do you have a game for us this week? That guy would I let you I, down? I, I would never let you down. It would be a quick game. So All quick, right. it would only take 20 seconds. I hope so. Can I sing in this game? Oh, boy. Please do. Hello, Mario. I just want to say hi. It looks like you're all very busy over here. Yes. It's a Carry big on, men of the barrage. It was a big night tonight. <laughs> Huge night. Whole show's been hats off to Larry. Even though Benjamin Abraham has been talking over I'll see you next week it. for Halloween. This is, this is a busy show. All okay. right, Ryan, what's the game? Are we going to have a costume uh, contest next week? All right, Ryan, what's the game? Come on. <laughs> yes, we'll all dress up I next week know for Halloween. Halloween. There all is right. a show next week, and we will all be dressing up as Mario. I am working on a homage in rap style to Halloween and the men of the barrage <laughs> as we speak. Okay, great. Homage. See you next week. Happy like Halloween. Live from the homage. Guy's a teacher, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. Thank He's you. educating your children. All right. Does it, is this, uh, can somebody run the timer for me tonight? Sure, I got it. Thanks. All right. We are playing 20 seconds. It's been a while. I, I can't believe how long it's been since we played this game. <laughs> hey, Mario. Uh... Oh, yeah. You can tell by the way that I wear my pants. Uh, Saturday Night Fever. You can't groove and you can't move. You got to fight with me or I'm to move. <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 Who would be a poor man, a beggar man, a thief, if he had a rich man in his hand? What was the Thin Lizzy song? That's that- Cross-Eyed Mary. All I could do was the flute solo. What was the Thin Lizzy song Mario tried to sing last week when he's like... Uh, you, Johnny's gonna write you a letter. The boys are back in town. Ta- uh, guess who just got back today? Johnny's gonna write you a letter. <laughs> That's right. The oh, fuck are you talking? Woo! Cops in jars, topless bars. <laughs> Cops in jars. <laughs> Cops in jars. Oh, Mario, thank you very much, Ryan. You're the best of us. Listen, I've got to go. I've got to give Scott Stringer an award tomorrow. What? Our New the York Manhattan Borough Bur- 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 President? Com- no, he's a comptroller now. Oh, I see. I am uh, presenting him with the Art Advocate of the Year Award, so I've got to be semi-sober tomorrow. So, <laughs> good night, everybody. I'm going home. Hey, dude, get back here. Play you, the game. You're not staying for poker? Of course I am. Of course you are. I, uh, Correct answer. All right. half the whiskey. Ryan, what do you have for us this week? Okay, we're going to play 20 seconds. Okay. Uh, as many of you may know this game, uh, I'll give you a category, and you have to give me as many answers as you can within 20 seconds. And whoever gets the most wins. Let's do one round and call it a day. Sir. You got it. Are you interested in game shows or not? Would you like to go first, John? And begin. Yes. Okay. Your question is. Yes. Name as many football teams as you can that have made no more than one Super Bowl appearance. Seattle Seahawks. Cleve. uh, Wrong. uh, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Wait, wrong. less than one? one? No more than one Super Bowl appearance. The Miami Dolphins. Dow, uh, Dallas Cowboys. No. Who's New York Jets. Into the mic? <laughs> New York Jets. Yes. Yes. Uh, Time. 
20 right. seconds. Wow. That was bad, John. <laughs> Enjoy that free pass, ass wife. <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> oh, you got one on that. I got one? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Dolphins have been in more than once. All right. My daughter actually farted the uh, three blind mice the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I told her I said that on the radio. She got so fucking mad at oh, me. Oh, really? Oh, my God. <laughs> Women. Dad. Women. All right, Pat, you're next. The no. zebras, someone is saying on the chat box. Ready the zebras. The, the, the Hoboken time? zebras. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. All right, Pat, in 20 seconds or less, whether it be by acronym or the actual uh, the actual word of the band, name as many three-letter bands as you can. S-O-D, M-O-D. Uh, yes, oh, yes. that's too easy. Uh, Bullshit. Uh, oh, God. Uh, 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 B-O-C, uh, B-T-O. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, fuck, I'm out. Um, DRI. Oh, DRI. No fair and cheating. Time. All right, that's that's four. Some of the ones you missed Time's were up. yes and uh, yes. GNR. UFO. Uh, GNR. I guess that would have worked. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. UFO definitely would. No, we were right. looking for bands, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> Give me some reggae. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian. All right, Pat's got four. Brian, would you like to play? I'm out of this game. I can't believe it. Would you like to play the Ryan game tonight, Brian? Can play play the, 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 the who's a Watsy? Just say yes. 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 All right. Oh, the, what am I doing? You have 20 seconds In to answer 20 these questions. Seconds. Or else the barrage collapses. It's called answer the question, fuck What's nut. the question? Shit. Don't worry. Brian. It's coming. You never played a trivia game before? What the hell's wrong with you? Okay, go. They don't have trivia so in the whole job. No. Ryan's going to We're too you. stupid. And begin. All right. In 20 seconds, name as many Stanley Kubrick movies as you can. Oh, fuck. Go. Uh, 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 Clockwork Orange. Uh, 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 Johnny Lydon. Uh, Johnny. <laughs> the fuck is it? Nuclear assault. Oh, my God. No, I love fucking this director, and I cannot think because you are timing me. Time. It's hard. Right. Sorry. Okay, I'm one. tied with Brian with one. You got one right <laughs> out of the gate. <laughs> Can I go again, please? Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> not. Oh, my goodness. I I had had it's my favorite director, and I, I could not think. three-letter band that's, thing. That's Joe right. Lemer. Joe Wait Lemer. a minute. Wait a minute. Ryan might have something that you may have missed. Joe Lemer on the chat uh, box saying, in all caps, full metal jacket, full metal numb jacket. nuts. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> 2001. Wait, 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 wait. Motherfucker, you were not under the gun, so of course you have your patience to think about shit. Well, this is the game. We're all under, under the gun. gun. No, I'm talking Welcome about the guy in the chat. Welcome to our world. Is it you Kojak? on the chat, sir, are not in my position. Chat so, box justice. Uh-huh. <laughs> so step. Ask Liz Bustamante how that worked out. Oh, they all get all the yeah, Come on, at Liz, home. get off me. Listen, Stephen Soley was in here a couple weeks ago. Know, He's a Liz. brilliant man. He got zero. Zero. Yeah. Well, they all get the again, answers at home. A brilliant man put under the pressure of the anxiety of the clock does not think clearly. Well, your complaining will earn you zero points. Okay. Let's go while we're young. <laughs> all right, hair, hairdo, you're next. I'm, I'm ready, Chief. Let's do this. In 20 seconds, name uh, as many of the 12 original Star Wars figures as you can. This is bullshit. Go. Go. C-3PO, Princess Leia, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Chewbacca, Darth Vader, Sand People. Uh, uh, yes. 
Uh, what? Um, um, yes. um, um, Admiral Tartarkin or whatever his <laughs> no. name is. <laughs> Dan General, Wilker. General. Dan nope. Wilker. Uh, <laughs> Scott Ian Rosenfeld. Time. <laughs> Not bad. You got seven. It's a hard game. Some of the ones I you missed. My question is like, who is the president of Siam in 1552? <laughs> and and you ask Harry to name Star Wars guys. All you had to do was Bullshit. name football teams and original only, twelve. You've shot out like eighteen answers. Only got one Come right. Come on. How many did you get? Like seven? I got seven. You got five. You got seven. The some of the ones the you missed. Is in. You got five. Some of the ones you missed were Jawas. Ah, that's racist. And R two D two and Obi Wan. Oh my goodness! You can't you can't think clearly under the cloth. Tell us about Admiral it. Tarkin, uh, Fran Tarkenton. <laughs> Fran Tarkenton. Admiral Fran Tarkenton is not correct. What is his name though? The general or the Admiral, Admiral Akbar. Akbar. No, he wasn't part of the original twelve. <laughs> no, no, it's no, a no, trap. No. Chatbox <laughs> justice. That's Admiral Akbar. Yeah. <laughs> it's a chat. <laughs> By the way, Admiral Akbar coming in next week. He's play, he's a big bass player. <laughs> he bass played, player week here at. Uh, <laughs> He was in the Size Noodles band. He has, right. a, he has a funk band on the side. Played play, bass for Dinosaur Jr., I believe. <laughs> You're on Bass Player Month at the Barrage. <laughs> What's next? Enjoy that free pass, ass wife. What's next? Up. Flea and Melissa Afterbore? Oh yeah, goodness. so what's your favorite distortion pedal? And we're at Flea and we go to I, actually, Lee. I, I actually had that written down, to be honest and with you. I know, no, but, no, but I dig that. <laughs> I totally wanted to know what he played on SOD. I know, and I totally wanted to know what Trip was up to as well. <laughs> it's funny because when you asked Trip, I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> this guy my, my fucking questions, <laughs> motherfucker. Guys, it's so fucking hard to answer a question under the gun. Hey, number 30, you don't even know. Timey. Number 30 saying his brother and, and, and him set a Jawa on fire with a light bulb. I did it with Darth Vader. I, I, me and Mike lit uh, some Star Wars characters on fire with lighter fluid in this very garage when I was a kid, and my mom came out and almost killed us. Oh my! Didn't, and that's when she was like, "That hairdo guy's no good." Yeah, <laughs> but then, but Mike got banned from your I, house for yeah, a while. I was after kicked that, out right? because of that. I then we set your symbols on fire. You, you what? Up the street. I'm yeah, like, this is going to be cool. Let's yeah. play drums and set what, my cymbals what on What home fire. haven't you been banned from here? I actually, yeah, no, I've been banned from your home, Pat. I've been banned from John's home. That's weird. What the fuck, man? Hey, Pat. Hey, Pat. It's I have a conspiracy. A, I have a quick question to ask you. Well, it certainly isn't me. <laughs> Pat Walsh, uh, your yes. mom is on Facebook. I'm not friends with her, but uh, other people are. And uh, apparently she posted The Mystery of Chess Boxing last night by Wu-Tang Clan. Do you know anything about that? Uh, who hacked that account? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Una Walsh posting Mystery of Chess Box in my Wu-Tang last it night. Could, I don't know it, could, it could very well be my son. Shaolin Shadow Boxing. I think that's your son uh, infiltrating yeah. the account. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the game of chess is like a sword fight. <laughs> you must think first before you move. I love... I love Roll, I'm going to give it to you. With no trivia. Roll like cocaine straight from Bolivia. My hip-hop will rock and shock the nation like the Emancipation Proclamation. I love the hip hop. <laughs> Stop, go, play. All right, let's go. What do you got? All right, Tommy. <laughs> Tommy, how do I wake your phone? Oh, what did I do here? Let me, find Let me answer my you. password here. One, two, three, uh, four. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy's luggage is yeah. the same thing, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Right. Doing it. Uh, Tommy, in 20 seconds or less, name as many uh, rules of Fight Club as you can. Go. Go. First rule uh, don't talk about Fight Club. Correct. Second rule, that's all I remember. It's the what, same thing. You what's moron. the second rule? Never talk about Fight Club. Right. Third rule, never talk about Fight Club. Wrong. Fourth rule, never talk about Fight Club. Okay, I see where you're going with this. I, that's all I know. You forfeit. 
right. You get What's the other rules? Stop being Tyler Durden and Bruce uh, Bruce Pitt or whatever his name is. is a Bruce tool. Pitt. <laughs> what are you, Mario? <laughs> uh, if someone says stop or goes limp, taps out, the fight's over. Uh, only two guys to a fight. One fight at a time. No shirts, no shoes. No service. No dice. <laughs> no dice. Uh, hey, you got one more category? If this is I want the steal. Oh, yes, Mario. I got a good Throw one Throw him in there. Mario. No fighting in Fight Club. Yes. Name as many. No fighting in Fight Club. Songs as no you banging on the bar in Fight Club. Yeah, stop banging on the bar. Name as many songs as you oh. can. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait. That you were asked to sing last week. Go. Go. Uh, L.A. Woman. Yes. Uh, Cross-Eyed Mary. Yes. Of uh, the, uh, the Night Fever. What was that? Uh, Oh, by the way, the way my pants with this <laughs> Staying alive. Uh, the Thin Lizzy song. Boys are back in town. Um, can't, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Ricola. You did tell no. me to sing it. Yes. That one. It was on the list. And uh, time is up. Time is up. I can't was, even. That shit. was the uh, Mentos it, commercial. Ricola? Yeah, it was on there. Oh, Mentos. No. Right. Uh. Anyway, if you asked me to sing them this week, I'd sing them totally different. I have no clue what I'm doing. Sing uh, These Boots Are Made For Walking. These Boots Are... We did. That was one of them. Right. One of these is... All right. Uh, I don't remember that one. We're off the air. Anyway. I'm done. Keep going. I'm done. Put a fork in me. Why am I here? All right. That's that. Uh, Great looks game, like Hairdo is the winner. Of, hairdo. Uh, Drink Hairdo. 24th Daniel. Oh, hold the chalice. Did we lose our connection, John? Yes, All I'm right. trying. I'm I'm doing my best to get back online. But we'll keep it going for the podcast. Oh man, we're really yes. not. Is the podcast time to do the news? Is always recording. <laughs> Hang on, Tom. <laughs> All right, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. It's not working. I thought they like that your pay card was up or something. That he ran out of credits. No, I don't know. Wait, I might have something here. I think we have something. You know what I see on my. I, I gotta go anyway. So I think I'm we're back on. All I think right. we're back. I'm sorry, everyone. No, that's okay. There we go. Back in the back in. You got something the, over there. We're back in the New York groove. All right. Back in the chooch box groove. Back in the chooch box. All the, right. The, uh, the, the mystery of chooch box. Want to wrap this up, Tommy? You have a news story for us, uh, <laughs> yeah, quickly? We'll just we'll do a couple. All right, and that's it. Yeah, let's go. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know what happened there. Doing my best. All right, this is uh, Tommy Rockstar News. We've got, uh, here. this is a dateline out of Crimea. Okay, we, as the Ukraine continues to struggle with the Russian influence in its political affairs, Darth Vader, leader of the empire, uh, has thrown his hat into the ring in the country's complex power play. Ukraine's so-called... Dude, plosives, put that over the goddamn mic. What? Oh. Power play, plop, pip, pop, There's a lot of peas in this. Put on Sorry, your everyone. microphone I don't know what happened. Yeah. I had to do some things on the fly. Go ahead, Tommy. It's Tommy Rockstar's news. <laughs> Ukraine's so-called Internet Party has put forward a Star Wars villain as its prime ministerial candidate in Sunday's nationwide par- parliamentary <laughs> Yo, I did she it with- sells she- seashells <laughs> no. down by the seashore. I-, I did it with Darth Vader once. <laughs> she sells other shit, too. Oh, it's tough. Want to do it tough. on the moon? Alongside 16 Crumb other Christ- registered candidates, including Chewbacca, Princess Amidala, and Yoda. The Sith Lord is well known in Ukrainian politics, having previously mounted unsuccessful campaigns for mayor of Kiev and Odessa, as well as a rejected bid at Ukraine's presidency in 2014 when he refused to show his face. 
an actual Darth Vader running for president in the Ukraine. You pick up. He really dressed up and took like a like, took like a debate. No, that's all he Not does. That's his bit. Breaking news. <laughs> Tommy Rockstar. I like it. Chat box justice. Tommy Rockstar's bullshit. What's the next story? We have another story here. It's pretty interesting. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> on her last day on the job leading a tour bus in San Francisco, a woman decided she could no longer hold back her honest views about the city's Chinatown population. Shit, I can't find it. <laughs> and began to spew racist comments in an anti-Chinatown rant caught on video by German tourists. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. I think we have some audio here. We're going to pull it up. I cannot... Find the audio. <laughs> Shit. That's okay. Wait a second. Give me a second. I'll continue with the story. Yes, please do. I love that the rant was captured on an iPhone, which was manufactured in China. <laughs> in China, exactly. It's not clear if the Germans were among the cheering tour guides, uh, tour uh, tour guests, who apparently thought the guide was uh, making some salient points. Local news stations have picked up the story, but the guide hasn't been identified yet. Basically, it's, this woman lost her shit while she was on top of a double-decker tour bus. Uh, why on the t- poor bastard could have been on the bottom so they just kick her out the door on yeah. the next stop? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Let's take see. that, take that, justice. Was- <laughs> 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 that was very eloquent, Michael. <laughs> hey, hey, Pat, uh, John, do me for the lower mic four for me. <laughs> okay. You? No, four. Lower four. All right. Oh, okay, I got it. It's Tommy's mic that buzzes like that. I don't know. Why. No, it wasn't that. It was, it was, uh, here's the rant. Picking up an echo. I can't even get home at night. Fuck your preschools and your little preschoolers making all that noise at six in the morning when I was trying to live here. Fuck your salons. Wow. Fuck your little herb gardens. Fuck your little seafood fucking markets with your turtles and your frogs turtles. inside. Okay. Okay, and when you come to America, you gotta assimilate a little bit. And here in America, we don't eat turtles and frogs. Okay, wow. we eat frogs. Gotta, they gotta bring that here to to America. Okay, there's a limit. Okay, don't as, you gotta assimilate a little bit, Chinatown. Fuck your laundry hanging out the windows. Fuck your three or four people inside each one of your little SROs. Okay, fuck your noise. Fuck your parades. Fuck your dragons. Fuck this shit. Fuck Chinatown, okay? Smash, fuck smash, smash. <laughs> Listen, she tries, to, she tries to explain that she's not racist. <laughs> SRO opening up for a SOD like next week. And your fucking ginseng. Fuck your little hair salons where nobody in there knows how to fucking speak wow. English. She's fuck really this mixing bullshit. up. Fuck your all Chinatown the Asians. gates. Fuck your little BART stop that you're building here, which is fucking up traffic oh. for the entire neighborhood. Okay? Fuck your Chinatown gates. Fuck your jade. Nobody wears jade anymore. Fuck your knockoff jade. ass purses and your knockoff ass uh, fucking suitcases and your t-shirts. Fuck you. Somebody's fuck you why, why doesn't this window open a all little right. bigger? Wow, she's Not really wound okay. up. We have a Chinatown in my hometown of Los Angeles that is way cleaner, way better restaurants, oh um, not gonna, as many people. I was going to start this making fun of her, and I was going to say exactly what she just said. Moving to San Francisco, although this is the cheapest neighborhood, do not live here. I have learned my lesson. These people wake you up at 6 in the morning. They make all this goddamn noise all the time. Okay, there's yeah, they get up and go to work. Here. Okay, you can't see it now, but during the day, just to walk down these streets is like shoulder-to-shoulder traffic. It is ridiculous. Shoulder-to-shoulder okay? traffic. Fuck Chinatown. It's bumper-to-bumper, oh. you idiot. Fuck She's got a whole bunch of people behind her there Chat screaming, fuck justice. Chinatown. <laughs> <laughs> 
was that was interesting. Uh, uh, Joe Lemer on the chat box saying... Uh, Double-decker bus justice. Most hateful slam poem I've ever heard. <laughs> that was, wasn't that the deaf comedy poetry jam? <laughs> I think that was the guy uh, who's uh, uh, L. Ron Hubbard's grandson with the slam poetry. I got, I'll do one more. Oh, jeez. <laughs> one more story. I heard that. We got to go. It's eleven twelve. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, 23 years after The Simpsons <laughs> introduced the Springfield Mafia, actor Frank Severo has filed a $250 million lawsuit. Two fifty? I yeah. thought it was 100 for up-to-the-minute, late-breaking, <laughs> nationwide news coverage, turn on your TV. So, so listen now to what's a bunch his of drunken buffoons goof on shit. Listen to Live from the Barrage every Friday at 8 p.m. on Livestream.com. Thank you. Thank you, Elliot Tartron. Frank Severus filed a $250 million lawsuit against Fox Television. Studios. Oh, this guy. Yeah, for basing one of the three animated wise guys on his Goodfellas character, Frankie Carbone. You know, this idiot, the best part about this whole story is that, uh, is that he goes... I, I spent years crafting this character, right? So you know Louie from The Simpsons. So this Frankie Carbone is the guy, oh, make that coffee to go. I'm going to fucking get the fuck out of here. Okay. I heard he, goes, he sleeps with the fishes. He spent years crafting this character, and he goes, I based it upon myself. So the character that you base it upon, you're admitting that you're a complete dummy because yeah. your character's a fucking moron. Silvero claims that in 1989 he lived in Sherman Oaks' apartment next to the next door to the writers of The Simpsons. Now that's the time. And that Simpsons producer James L. Brooks was, quote, highly aware of who he was and claims that The Simpsons' character Louie is based on his character. During this time, both writers knew who Silvero was and they each saw them saw each other every day, the complaint alleges. Stay for it. Stay I can't for believe it, it took him. I can't believe it took him this long to figure it out, though. I know. He was in The Godfather, too. Remember when, like, uh, uh, him and uh, Ro- Robert De Niro go to the movie theater, to, uh, the the play to watch. Uh, you he's know, this the girl. fool that gets sure. frozen in the truck. In yes, Goodfellas, right? Yes, he yeah. is. Yep. Yeah. Or, yeah. The, the character Louis appeared in 16 Simpsons episode, the first in 1991. Uh, according to the complaint, Fox long-running series has grossed 12 billion from several revenue streams, including video games. Isn't it obvious that that's covered under parody? Yeah, totally. Yes, this guy's suing for 250 million. And I have 250 million. Dollars. Super quick. Bro. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe he's got a lot of student loans to pay off. Yeah. Listen, this he guy seems very educated. Thrown out of court faster than uh, fucking De Niro lost his mind. I got one last quick one. It's barrage First relevant. The pizza contest. Short. Now this. <laughs> Speaking of pizza. So my good cat, I guess it's when the when the set the beds. Ah, I went in. I hear Kasuga in the back. This is actually. Shut up. Come on, I gotta be at work at seven tomorrow. All right, what well, he got? This is a, this is a perfect lead into that. This is a uh, thirty thirty thousand diners who participated in this year's Zagat survey guide have declared the the best pizza in New York. You guys want to hear about? Please this? don't say Zagat. I'll fire you. Zagat. Oh, sorry. All oh, right, sorry. I thought you. I'm sorry. I thought you. 30,000 uh, diners have, slur. have voted oh. the Greenpoint Pizzeria Pauly G's fires up the best top pizza in the city. <laughs> First the pizza contest, Bullshit. now this! Shit! <laughs> in their 2000, new 2015 guide, which is released this week, the yeah, eaters lauded their, quote, destination-worthy pizzeria as one-of-a-kind with one-of-a-kind toppings and Paulie's hands-on service as the Paulie. best in the city. <laughs> his hands Puts his hands all over it. <laughs> <laughs> Paulie had his hands on my wife. <laughs> These are the runners-up. Following closely behind Paulie's funky pies were Lucali in, in uh, Carroll Gardens, Juliana's in Dumbo, it's all Brooklyn related. Totano's and Coney Island and Bushwick's famed Robertus. Yeah, do you, do you read any of these before? <laughs> yeah. You can't I'm, pronounce what you're I saying. I use my hands. It's for the flavor. Yeah. John would know because... Uh, did you ever practice? 
Wait, well, why Why are none of these fucking pizza places in fucking Queens or Manhattan? Oh, I don't know. Well, it, it says fucking horse it shit. It says, if the Brooklyn theme was apparent in the pizza category, it's with good reason. The borough saw a 28% increase in the numbers of eateries reviewed, with 340 establishments making the list. That's because all the kids from Ohio moved there and fucking yeah, so. started eating fucking pizza for the first time <laughs> in their fucking lives. <laughs> <laughs> fucking assholes. Hey, Mike's going on his own double-decker rant right now. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Brooklyn. Fuck the pizzerias. Fuck all of I'm you. Glad Fuck Ohio. Ebola has finally come to Brooklyn where it belongs <laughs> and uh, try practicing. We're talking about practice, man. <laughs> and that's the news. And that's the news. Try practicing. I mean, it, listen, we're <laughs> talking about I'll, I'll practice. Pl- I'll play us out. We're Get talking out of here. about practice, man. Go ahead, Mike. I write this stuff 15 minutes before Listen, I, get here. I would like to thank our guests. Uh, th- first of all, thank you, uh, Tommy, for the news. Thank you, Thanks, Pat. Guys. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Hairdo. Thank you, Brian Musikoff from the band Stuyvesant, dropping by and uh, saving, saving, single-handedly saving the trip uh, from the Grifters interview with uh, his uh, insight and questions. We appreciate that. Thank you, Mario Asaro. You're the best around. Thank you, Dan Loker. Thank you, Trip. Thank you, uh, Dr. Kate, who uh, is in care of the Ebola dog, and all of our guests, and everyone in the chat box. Thank you for listening. What a show. E-Dogla. E-Dogla. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to Brooklyn and opening a hot dog place oh, called Ebola Dog. You should, and there'll, the be, there'll be like a meme, like a dog meme. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so so sick. So much disease. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to go to one of those bowling alleys. Wow, wow. So disease. So wow. So disease. <clears throat> we thank so everyone. diarrhea. So vomit. Beautiful thing. Thank you. Yo, the sign is real simple, B. So virus. Mike, you have a song for us? I do. Let's get out of here. All right. We'll be we'll be back next week on Halloween night. We don't care. And we don't know who what guests we'll have <laughs> or what we'll look like. We, under apparently the mask. we're gonna overbook the shit out of ourselves for the next six months. We're gonna have ghoulies. Crawling in. Yes. The, fun, the groovy ghoulies? Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. What is Keeping it? Fun? The theme. I, We're going to have the bassist from the, from the ghoulies. The I've, I've, ghoulies. I've contacted the pumpkin-headed bass player. What is it, Fud? Yeah, I can hear you. It's me. It's John, the person who called. What do you want? No, we got plenty of victims. Let's play poker. Get over here. I got to hang up. I'll be right back. I hung up on him. All right, let's All right. do it. We'll see you later. Thank you again Thanks. for listening. See you next week. We'll see you guys.
off. Holy shit.